You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite uncle, Silk. It's Dan. And Del Torre. I almost forgot my name, man. How y'all feeling, man? Same corner, same time? Let's get back in the cut, back. Silk. Back in the cut. It's all good, man. Happy to be back. Missed last week. Had to take care of some family stuff, man. I hate missing podcasts, man. All 300 of the podcasts I do, I hate missing uh, any of them. <laughs> Yeah, we had, a, we had a good time last week. It was Nick's flu game. Nick's still getting over it. Um, it was a uh, – we battled through. We battled through the entire thing last week with uh, with Batesy. Uh, but we had a really good show. We missed you, Corey, uh, as always when we do when you're not here. But, uh, but it's good to be back with you. And Batesy never, never provides a dull moment, man. Uh, good show last week, fellas. Mm. Mm. Thanks. So, so we're recording early tonight, national championship game. Uh, who do you guys got tonight and what's your, what's your final score? Mm. I got Bama. Mm-hmm. Give me 3427. Bama. Uh, why? I'll give, give my take on why. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I like I like the better coach, better quarterback. Um, offense wins championships, defense wins championships, things of the past. Uh, the better quarterback gonna win this game and the better coach. So give me Nick Saban and Bryce. I may sound crazy tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's tough to beat a team twice, but uh, it's also tough to beat Nick Saban if you give him 10 days to prepare for you. And and uh, I'm going to go with the Tide. Let's go 41-28. Ooh, wow. Big score. Um, I, I think, you know, I think it's tough. Uh, like you said, it is tough to build, beat the same team twice. Uh, but I don't know what Georgia can do differently this time that they they weren't able to do last time i mean i don't think that Alabama's not any smaller than they were they're not any slower than they were uh mm. you know their quarterbacks you know even they are just in michi and i think michi is a, they got other weapons but yeah. i think michi is a big a big weapon that they're missing that kind of took the uh roof off of things last, the first game yeah Mechie. i mean it's it's a shame that they're gonna have to replace michi with another five star so hopefully they're right, right, right. <laughs> um you know man but, it's it's gotta be tough it's gotta be tough to be Alabama a five star goes down, and then you, you got to figure it's out replacing which, with another five star. Which, which, which one? You know, you got to figure right. that out. You got to figure that out. It's Good not, problems. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, I think Alabama wins this one. I mean, I think for I was talking to somebody today at the office, and they're asking me like, "Aren't you tired of Alabama winning?" I'm like, "Listen, Alabama winning another national championship to me does nothing, right? But it does do something if Georgia wins their first one in uh, you know my lifetime. So I uh, don't want to sure. see either team win." Uh, but if I had to pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose uh, what I believe is the lesser two evils because Alabama's still gonna do Alabama things. But if we can keep this one away from Georgia, uh, I like being able to keep it away from them for a little while now. Well, I'm with you on that take. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't get your 1980 jokes off, right? Um, we got no somebody that may have to delete a whole account if they win tonight. We'll mm-hmm. need that to happen. No one, no one's ever sent a a congratulatory national championship text. Or email uh, for that matter. Or email about the Georgia Bulldogs. So um, I, I saw um, some of these lists and like the so there's like a 
picture of the United States, and it was like how every team is rooting for the national championship, and it was like the state of Florida was rooting for Georgia. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where they got this data, or if they just, you know, pulled it out of their ass. Oh, Florida State fans. Anyone, yeah, Florida yeah, State fans. I don't fans. think I don't think anyone UCF in the state fans. of Florida is rooting for Georgia. I think Miami and Florida State fans are. Mm. Some weird way they get a win out of our rivals winning the game. <laughs> I don't know, it's weird, but. Uh, yeah, this is me just guessing. I don't think most of the, the state of Florida is rooting for. It. I mean, they could. The average football fan probably tired of Bama winning, like like them. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, do you guys feel like this is one of the least hyped up SRI uh, national championship games in a long time? I think it is because I think outside of the SEC footprint, people are sick and tired of the SEC. Um, and, and being in these games. I think you saw that kind of with the news today mm-hmm. um, about the CFP not expanding. Um, the SEC, it has to be unanimous, and the SEC has already said, like, hey, we're good at four, and we're good at 12. We're not good at eight. Mm-hmm. We're fine with it staying how it is. Look, we have a whole national championship game with just us tonight. Um, and if it goes to 12, you might get four SEC teams um, in that 12. So, uh it's either it's going to be one of the two because it has to be a unanimous decision to change it. And I think people, um, people outside just don't like of football because like these are like the best two teams by far. I think I think I think so. And, and I didn't think uh, when I saw Bama, you know, live, I didn't think that they were that good. Um, they certainly, you know, figured some things out towards the end of the year. Um, and uh, Got to peak at the right time, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. They they certainly peaked at the right time. If you look at you know what they did in uh, in Atlanta to Georgia, I didn't think anyone would do mm-hmm. stuff like that to to Georgia's defense, but Bama figured it out. Do you think that there's like a little? I mean, I'm just more curious in your thoughts here. Do you think there's a little like college football fatigue by this point? I mean, you know, for the most part, it's been five weeks since you know real football is played. I know we played you know football last week, but that was only really only two. You know, two games that were blowouts. Do you feel like the the seasons maybe extended a little too long? Um, I mean, what do you guys think about the Monday night game compared to a you know a Saturday night game? Yeah, I don't like I don't like like playing a Monday night game. I get what I get why they do it, mm-hmm. but I don't like the I don't like. I think it should be on a Saturday night. It should be like like a yeah. day off for everybody. Nobody's rushing home from work and. Or rushing to do their content right before mm-hmm. kickoff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an easier vibe, man. I think they should do it on Saturdays, but um, this is the, this is where we're at with it. But these are the best two teams by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's money. Money's gonna money's gonna right. talk, so of that's course. why it's Monday night prime time. Um, I don't see that changing. Um, but I was watching NFL on Saturday, and I'm thinking, why can't we have NFL on Monday? Because they were doing like the Monday night football broadcast on Saturday mm-hmm. night. Um, and, and put college football on Saturday like like it's supposed to be. Yeah, um, but yeah, money money talks, so it'll be on Mondays, and we'll get we'll get a four and a half hour game tonight. Yeah, no, I mean this is I guess this is my my questions. I mean, you, you I feel like you have other options beyond just Monday night. I mean, Saturday is the college day, right? Um, I understand that Saturday is probably not going to be your prime, you know, viewing audience, so we can even push that. I mean, you play the Super Bowl, you know, Sunday night, that game's at six. Um, You know, the NFL has proven that they'll move games around to accommodate that game, you know, one week. Um, So 
you know, maybe playing it on a Sunday night. Um, but I just think playing it on Monday night, especially when college football is predominantly, you know, you're more East Coast, you know, and maybe even central time zones. Um, obviously, you have some teams out in, you know, California and, and Oregon and Washington that have historically had some some decent teams. But for the most part, college football has been dominated by the East Coast. And to have a game that's going to go on, you know, till at least midnight East Coast time, um, I think is a bit ridiculous. And I get it, right, for money. But it just I, – I, I don't know. It, it, I guess it's just frustrating more than anything. Well, that, yeah. that's a – that's a wash, Dan. Take midnight on a school. Oh, no, I'll be, crazy? No, I'll be awake and I'll still be up at five thirty tomorrow. That's not the point. I think for me, there's just other people that are unlike me that don't want to do that. Yeah, I hope it's a blowout and I could just go catch up on like um, some other TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what I hope. That's what I did for uh, the SEC championship game. It got a little ugly. I got me a couple dog tweets off, and then I, you know, enjoyed caught up on some television. So that's what yeah. I hope. I hope Bama. Nick Saban getting his bag, blow this shit out early. Bro, we can laugh at some mutts and, you know, get a nightcap. Uh, speaking of which, before we get into the ad read and then we'll get on to the show a little bit, we are welcoming Joey Ivey, former Florida Gators defensive lineman, to the show tonight. Um, what are you watching on TV these days, Silk? So- uh, the mayor of – what was that? The mayor of – Kingstown? King, Kingstown. Oh, very good, man. I just finished – wrapped that up. Uh, what else am I watching? Uh, catching up on everything more than mm-hmm. anything. Um wasn't prepared for this question. I'm watching no, that, a lot. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, are you watching anything good on TV? I'm looking for some options. Um, I, I, I managed to avoid spoilers for Succession, and okay. that's done. So um, I, I just watched oh, the Succession. Succession's fire. I got to catch up on that. I got, I'm two behind. So two seasons or episodes? Episodes, episodes, not seasons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I just started season – it was season three that, that finished uh, recently, Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just watched episode one and then I've got, I think I've only watched one season of Yellowstone. So I've got three to catch up on. I think they, I don't, I don't think they have the newest season on, uh, Paramount yet though, or whatever. I got one age. for you, man. American Rust. It's pretty okay. American Rust. Good. American Rust. I'll have to check that out. It just good. started. Uh, Rust. R-U-S-S or Rust? Rust. Rust with a T. Yeah. Um, I just started, uh, Righteous Gemstones. It's, oh, uh, from, very funny. It's on HBO uh, with John Goodman, with Adam Devine, uh, with uh, what's his name that played Kenny Powers. Very, very funny show. Oh, uh, man. I'm five into episodes into that one. So I'm tapping into that tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, check out American <laughs> Rust, man. A lot of suspense, uh, murder, a little thriller. Uh, good, good shit. It's on Showtime. Oh, very good. I'm check Showtime. that out too. We got to add to the list. I mean, now that uh, that college football's you know wrapping up, all we got is hockey season left, and then we, we got oh. some prime uh, TV watching over the next couple. Are we months. supposed to be riding the Zamboni soon? What's up with we that? sure are. Oh, Stick right. around. Stay tuned. Is it a stick shift? <laughs> Not think it's automatic. I can drive both. Um, there you go. Um, all right, let's get let's get on the show. A lot of a lot of uh, announcements to make, uh, coaching hires, uh, and then we'll get into Joey Ivy. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our new title sponsor, uh, Alan Horn, who is going to be the new title sponsor for Stadium and Gale, a former UF alumni and former Gator baseball player. Alan is a State Farm agent in Jasper, Georgia, that specializes in auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, and retirement planning in Georgia. Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. Check him out at Allenhorn, H-O-R-N-E, insurance.com. Again, Allenhorninsurance.com. Give him a call at 706 
692-2888. And Alan and his staff will quickly get you a quote and make sure that you understand your coverage and answer any questions you have. Give Alan a follow on Twitter or Instagram at SF agent Alan H and Alan Horn hyphen state farm agent on Facebook. Shout out to Alan and Alan Horn insurance. All right, boys, a lot of announcements to make. Uh, don't even know what order they're going to, uh, that they were announced in. So I'm just going to do it this way. Nick, I'm following your, um, your thread on, on three of on the field coaches. And hopefully we don't have any repeat names here. So the first big name that we want to announce is the assistant coach for outside linebackers and alumni liaison, Mike Peterson, uh, who's joining the Gators staff. Mike was uh, previously with the university of South Carolina, uh, with Will Muschamp. And then most recently with Shane Beamer, uh, I believe he was on staff in the strength and conditioning department at the university of Florida when Will Muschamp was here back in 2014, 2015. Uh, but the Gators do welcome former Florida Gator linebacker, former Jacksonville Jaguar, uh, Mike Peterson to the staff, Nick, give us your thoughts. Um, I, I like getting Mike P back. Um, I thought when he was here the the last time, um, it was just with the strength staff. Now he's got real coaching experience from being um, at, at South Carolina and being on the field. I um, think he's a great addition. I like getting guys back. And listen, I, I know we were talking about – I don't know if we talked about Rat on the show or if it was you and I talking about it or talking to other people about it on the, on the message board there at Gators Online, Dan. But I like getting guys who have – Play at the University of Florida, and it's not you know charity to keep him around. He he's proved he can do it, um, and, and I think it it means something different when you know a lot of these guys we've talked about how good they can be at recruiting. Uh, I think it means something different when somebody who's been there, been in that locker room, um, been in those same trenches is is telling you um, come and be a part of this. And and hey, I've been a part of this. I, you know, I, I've been on your side, um, your side of this thing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, everything Nick said, good, good hire. Or everybody's concerned, not everybody, but a lot of people concerned about Florida ties on the on the staff. Um, Corey Raymond can recruit. I think he can recruit the whole country, but uh, people people are uh, traditionally people traditionally want uh, some some immediate staff, not a secondary staff, but somebody on the main staff with some Florida ties. Uh, Peterson hits that out of the park. Uh, Florida guy from Gainesville played at UF. Play that for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, been at UF uh, in some capacity outside of just playing here before as well. So uh, home run, I think um, we'll see as far as what he could do on the recruiting trail. There's a lot of questions mm -hmm. there, but outside of that, um, the relationships and the name on paper um, fits to build. I think recruiting starts at the top a lot anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think you're exactly right. I think it's a cultural thing. I think that, Correct. you know, unless you're a, a weird or a different kind of guy, which I know Mike P isn't, um, had the chance to meet him a couple times, uh, very down to earth, a super knowledgeable guy. I think, you know, when it comes down to, like you said, Silk, I think a lot of it comes down to being held accountable, uh, doing what you're supposed to do, following through, you know, with prospects and players uh, more than anything, which is I think what was missed, you know, with the last staff or what you hear when you when you hear bad recruiters, you know, you know, yes, there are some you know different or unique personalities that maybe don't mesh well you know with these college kids and maybe they're more of an x and o's you know type of coach but i think you know it starts at the top and you can see the staff and the you know what they're calling billy's army that's being built around them you know is going to allow them and enable them to to really focus on relationship building with these guys but also you know not miss a lot of the small steps you know 
birthdays and, you know, important dates in these guys and, and kids' lives and, you know, checking up on them and their grades or checking on, you know, whatever new album of their favorite artists that they just, you know, dropped or listened to, you know, all of those details are going to get helped handled by this, the staff that's being built. So, you know, I'm excited about Mike P. You know, I think it's been a while. I'm trying to remember, you know, Nick, maybe you can help. I think Kirk Callahan technically, you know, went to Ooh. UF, but I'm trying to remember the last UF graduate uh, that was a, a coach the, at the PCSD when you say name yeah. like that, man. That was, a wild, that was a wild hire. I think that he's uh, selling insurance now, no offense. But, yeah. uh, um, Nick, I'm trying to think who the last, you know, name was of a coach that, that went or played at UF uh, that, that's coaching here now. I mean, you, you probably have to go back quite some time now. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, like Sharif Floyd is – a, a undergraduate assistant as he finishes yeah. his degree, but yeah, I'd have to go back. I'm sure somebody, you know, we'll see it. We'll see it on social media tomorrow. Uh, you, know, you know who um, it was the defensive backs coach that uh, uh, actually just passed away um, well, last year. Aubrey um, Hill. Aubrey Hill. Yeah. I think that that's probably the last gator to be a coach i could be wrong i'm sure twitter will be more than happy to correct us uh in the morning right. but uh but i'm excited to welcome um mike p back to the university of florida i know that he's a name that people always throw around kind of on their dream staffs of, of people that they want to bring back i had him on my dream staff <laughs> there you go there you go i, I, I was just throwing a name out there um a good guy yeah, it came out of left field for me I, I wasn't expecting it at all um it was a name that a lot of my group chats had had buzzing that we would like on staff and we were like all trying to figure out who could be that Florida guy. So um good hire, man. Get him out of South Carolina. We own we owe Shane Beamer one. Nick Elena. Nick, what um was this a name that you had had heard, you know, before the announcement or um yeah, it, I think um I think there's I don't know if he was in an original plan. I I I think fans ran with Tosh Lapoy's name longer than than it was ever going to be a thing at Florida. Um, right. I, I know Tosh was vetted, and and I think I told mm -hmm. you guys like I don't think Tosh gets past the vetting. Um, mm -hmm. Tosh was rehomed by Nick Saban because I think the NCAA was starting to sniff around Alabama, uh, and it was good for Nick Saban in Alabama and Tosh to get him to Cleveland at the time when he did, and he hasn't been back to college since. Mm -hmm. um, a bunch of uh, that I talked well, he's back in college now. He's at Oregon, right? Well, a bunch of people told me that he Tosh couldn't coach in the SEC, but they didn't give me any reason as to why. Um, so I thought, well, maybe that doesn't have legs, but a bunch of people had told me that. Um, so it, it, I think the I think Tosh didn't pass vetting at Florida, and I think they quickly pivoted to Mike P. Um, mm -hmm. to, to be the outside linebackers coach. Um, and, and as as I've said, you try to like fit uh, like creating a creating a staff is kind of like a, a puzzle and they're trying to fit pieces together and all right well we want two offensive line coaches and, and if i think florida will have two offensive line coaches well mm -hmm. where do you take from somewhere else do you only have one corner one secondary coach or do you mm -hmm. not have that special teams coordinator that that you wanted so uh i think you're going to get two linebacker coaches two offensive line coaches and then you try to you know figure out that figure out these pieces somewhere else so, so what do you think this does, Nick? I know, you know, we're, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, you know, G. Allen Taylor 
And then Football Scoop kind of announced what Florida staff was going to be. Uh, Mike Peterson's name was not on there. Uh, a lot of people think that this may, you know, take the spot of Chris Rumpf. Uh, you know, Florida's now in a position where, you know, they're still expecting, you know, Rob Sale. Uh, you know, we've talked about that since basically Billy Napier was hired. Uh, there was a word out that he was telling his team, uh, you know, last night and then today that he'd be coaching the Florida Gators, you know, coming in. So we can kind of pencil that one in, you know, really leaving UF with the spot on the defensive line. And then, you know, whether it be a second cornerback coach or another, you know, linebacker coach, you know, we've, we've thrown around the names, you know, uh, Eric Henderson from the Rams and then Carl Scott, who's with the Vikings, um, Obviously, you know, we'll talk about Carl Scott a little bit more at length here in a minute, but you know, where does that that put UF? Do you do you think that this is a replacement for Chris Rumpf? Is Chris Rump still a possibility somewhere? Um I, I think Chris Rumpf could. Um I I I wonder it's on the market right now, right? It's, didn't the Bears yeah, Bears Nagy yeah. just got fired. Uh yeah, Black Monday. Uh, Dan Dan and I are I think your the, your Jags might be the only worst run. Ah, and then never mind. There's the Lions. I think mm. the, the Lions and the Jags might be the only franchises run worse than the Dolphins from the top on down. Just unbelievable. Um, just a wonderful franchises that just, we just just here. atrocious. <laughs> I, I didn't um, come here to talk about the Jags today, Nick. No, so we're Nag, talking about Nag, the Dolphins. Talking about the Dolphins. We're, we're talking about the Dolphins. Just oh, being atrocious. The Jags, Jags are just catching a straight bolt on my drive by of the Dolphins. So I'm not, don't appreciate that. That's yeah. just in this night. It's just we're, I've seen it. we're, that, we're, we're higher. That 904 we're, we're, Twitter. Just get get at Nick now. Move your energy off me. Yeah, we're Sorry. interviewing our offense coordinator right now, which is wild to me. <laughs> of all the people to interview, right? Yeah, he's doing a great job. <laughs> um, Lack of interest right now for um, the, the Jaguar job, man. Um, I hope did we you, figured did out. You watch, did you watch the game Sunday with the uh, with the clown nose on? I saw all the uh, the the, nah, the, the, the clown outfits of the game. That's not really my style. Okay, I don't, um, make, I don't like making fun of myself. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> you I know, think Chris like, Rump wears a clown I, outfit to a game. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Nick. We, we got derailed. Go ahead. <laughs> I think I think Chris Rump could be an option. Um, I think Alabama is going to find a spot for Carl Scott. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think he's going to have a decision to make. And uh, our fans, our listeners might not want to hear this, but I don't know if that's much of a decision to make. Mm -hmm. If if Nick Saban's offering you a, a spot on his staff, um, I don't know that that I picked Florida. Um, just being honest, especially if, if um, Pete Golden gets, gets rehomed and Nick Saban's got a defensive coordinator title to hand you. Um, what do you think? You, know, you think Pete Golden gets let go? I I, I would not be surprised. Hmm. <laughs> I, <laughs> let go of your win a national championship on Monday and and find a new place for your who, defense. Who calls the, sometime who calls the call? Who calls the defense for for uh, them right now? I, I don't know right now. It was Golding. I think he's he's been relieved of that duty though. Is it to Nick Saban or? I don't know. You I know, remember reading it's, it's, that. It's, it's, it's probably. Oh, I, man, I don't um, enough to know. Charles Kelly is still there. I think Charles Kelly may be the one calling the calls right now. If I'm not mistaken, right? No. The old FSU defense coordinator. I mean, he's originally from Bama, but I, I thought. Well, no, 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 no. I know that. I'm just asking. I mean, I, again, yeah, yeah. I don't follow Bama's staff close enough to know, um, or I, that I I didn't know that there was like some discontent with Golding either. Um, I assume is, that it was I mean, just I know unreasonable they, Alabama fans. 
Right, right, right. I know. I think, well, Nick Saban is never going to settle. So he's mm-hmm. always trying to upgrade. But I like, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but to go from Golden, you would think it would be like a more experienced play caller, not Carl Scott call plays before. Like, it just, mm-hmm. I'm not going to doubt what Nick Saban would do, but it, just, it seems like a different move. Yeah, I don't think Carl Scott has ever called plays before. I know he wasn't calling plays with with the Vikings this year. I know he hasn't called plays with Alabama before. Um, so, you know, even in a code DC type of title, you know, do you give him a, you know, do you keep a guy like Golding and give him a, you know, mythical code DC, you know, title to to lure him away? Or I mean, I think that it would take less money. I, you know, I don't know Carl Scott, but you know, I don't I think playing coaching at Alabama's, you know, cream of the crop. I mean, he left to go be defensive right. back coach at the Vikings. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and everything in peaches and cream. I think I don't. I don't think it's somebody leaves the Bama to mm-hmm. go be the same position coach in the NFL. Um, I don't think it's just that that clear cut. But uh, what do we yeah. shift if we do shift if if, we, if that car guy's not our guy? And um, Bama ends up swooping them away. What do you guys think we should? Um, I don't have a name for that yet, but it, it will be interesting because um, Patrick Tony's role was going to be flexible. He was a, he was a linebackers coach at UL. Um, he's right. coached safeties before, but to get Carl Scott, you weren't going to ask Carl Scott to coach linebackers. You were going to have him coach safeties like he's been doing, and you would just slide Tony down. Now, do you keep that same? plan for somebody else or do you pivot away from that plan because he was like hey we're we didn't want to have to ask patrick tony for this but we would do it for carl scott so do you now are you looking for a safeties coach or are you looking for a, a linebackers coach so you could go in two different directions right now if you're billy napier which which direction would you go in nick uh, do you get you get the best guy available if, if you yeah, can get probably rough yeah so if you get rump then then you know i, I don't I think you need a defensive line coach. You don't need necessarily uh, two linebackers coaches. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you need an inside and an outside? And then if you well, have, Ralph would be coaching backers, not not line, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you've got Mike P coaching outside. Would you have Chris Rumpf coaching inside linebackers? Because I think he coached defensive line the last time he was at Florida. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, I mean, say I you, you could have an outside linebacker coach, kind of be a. Uh, outside linebacker and, and edge rusher coach, and that's kind of like mm-hmm. a hybrid line right. linebacker coach. But I don't know if you'd want him. Hey, you're putting Chris Rumpf, who's been coaching defensive line for most of his career, and go teach Ventrell Miller something. Yeah, I think that that puts you, unique, you know, Florida in a unique position, right? I mean, we can talk about the other name, Eric Henderson, you know, who's a name that's been associated with, you know, that that open defensive line spot. Eric Henderson's with the Rams right now, who are in the playoffs. So, you know, you have anywhere between one and five, four weeks uh, before that can, you know, officially be, you know, happen. And, you know, I think, you know, what, you know, we, we talk a lot about in recruiting internal employees, things of that nature, you know, time kills all deals. So you just don't know, right. You know, other names, other schools can enter the fray, other teams can enter the fray, you know, is there a chance that, you know, if a spot opens up, you know, Eric Henderson might be a, a DC coach, um, you know, opportunity or might be a DC opportunity available at the NFL level. Who knows? Uh, you know, but but I think that a lot of people have slated him into that role. You know, with that being said, you know, if he doesn't come, Rumpf could, you know, certainly take that role, you know, and lead you to, you know, maybe a safeties coach or something. No, I think you slide you slide Tony to the safety coach, right? 
Uh, well, yeah. There. yeah. I think I think Carl missing Carl Scott puts Florida in a tougher position. I think they get to solve. I think I think they solve the the problem. But I, uh, like Carl Scott takes his staff over the mm-hmm. top, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So it will be a blow, like to like I like what we thought was coming. Um, we'll see if it happens. But I think if Carl Scott's in the fold, this this this, this is an A staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball. If he don't, we still have a good staff. But that's mm-hmm. a it's just definitely a blow, and it's shrimp is Bama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's the world we live in. <laughs> but if we don't, it's a, what a win, right? Like say, like Tony, like not Tony, but say Napier pulls this pulls this off. We get Carl Scott. That looks that's a hell of a win if we, mm-hmm. if we do pull this off. Um, I mean, I th- I think that Florida has money to offer too, right? I mean, you know, I I, I think. You know, Nick, we talked about it on the last show. Maybe it was two episodes ago, so maybe you were there. You know, you start to add all of these names. Like, Florida has a, a ton of money to give out. Right. And I don't think they've given out a ton of money yet. No. Right? For assistant coaches. Right? Like, take off-field staff completely out of this. I still think that there's a lot of money to be made. You know, I don't think Absolutely. any of these guys were huge dollar hires. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, think Corey Raymond probably. Corey Raymond's up. making a million dollars. Okay. Um, Tony's probably making close with a Cody C role. You think he's making that much? Um, I, I'm also wondering if he's not making like six or seven hundred thousand, which is, you know, I think you make at least six fifty. I think you make at least six fifty seven as, as a co defense. Getting that title adds adds money. Yeah. Whether it, you know, uh, when when Rob say about seven, I say seven eight hundred. To be honest with you, I don't think he's yeah. Gonna, Listen, I hope they get as much money as possible. I hope, you know, I it's, it's not my money, so I hope that these guys no, just get gauging it, right? what the, the industry is making. Like the yeah. average mm-hmm. OC is not making six, seven. They're closer to eight, eight hundred thousand dollars for like, especially in the SEC. Like, this is what it mm-hmm. is. So I'm pretty sure he's closer to that, but I think, we still got money to spend. I think my question is, you know, you bring over a guy at UL that was probably making 200, you give him 700. Right, like you could still be below industry average, and you know, life changing money right there. You know, I think if they're gonna if they're gonna land um, Scott, it's gonna be the relationship that he has with Napier, yeah. opportunity of, of being able to excel and move up uh, at UF faster, maybe Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're gonna have to sell, uh, and, and you know, maybe being on the younger staff. Georgia Kirby won some of those battles with Nick. Mm-hmm. Right? He took some staffers. So you got to win those battles. That's just what it is. We got to win staff battles. We, we won the Corey Raymond mm-hmm. battle. We wasn't the only ones that wanted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of teams battling for him. We won that out. So these are the battles that we got to win. We got to beat Bama and Georgia for some of these staffers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that list, and I think, you know, I think William Peegler probably got a raise. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what he was making at Michigan State. Um, Mike P probably got – right around what he was making. Not sure what he was making there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiri Colbert's a guy that's going to make, you know, more than half a million. Jabar Luke's probably right around that half a million mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Corey Raymond would have made, it will probably be over uh, a million. I don't think, right I don't think a, a defensive backs position coach is going to make over a million, but he maybe got some fancy titles. A million. He's that's got right. the assistant, assistant head coach. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, we have some titles. We have uh, Joey Ivy waiting for us, so let's uh, let's let's hop into uh, our time with him. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit them. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word. Again, HomefieldApparel.com. Promo code Stadium and Gale. Best 
vintage products that you're going to find on the market. Uh, Softest Tees, they have hoodies. They're launching a basketball line, all sorts of schools for you, a significant other, a friend, a family member, a coworker, whatever that might be. That promo code works across the entire site. 15% off promo code Stadium and Gale, homefieldapparel.com. Let's welcome former Florida Gators defensive lineman, Joey Ivy to the show. Joey, how are you, my friend? Ah, you say your breath stink, then you got to get out Ah, we lost him. We lost him. Ah, shout out to Joey Ivan, ready to hang out. Podcast. He has some opinions. Like opinionated former players. They're the best interviewers. He, don't, um, don't edit anything. Don't put no minute mark. We're just hanging out, Cam. You don't have to edit anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joey, can you hear me? <clears throat> we got you. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? Hey, do I need to uh, do I need to get some uh, headphones, or is it is it working pretty good now? You sound all right. You sound all right. You sound all right. Yeah, you can afford the good Mac. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the four K video. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. man. How's it going, guys? Everything good? Good, Everything's good. We're we're taping a little early so we can watch the game. Are you planning on watching the game tonight? Yeah, I'm actually about to run a dicks. Gonna go grab some Whoa. hunting gear. I, ju- I just got into hunting actually about not long ago. So one of my buddies I play with the Falcons, um, he's retired. He lives out here in Georgia where I'm at. He bought like 200 acres up in the Georgia mountains. So like, I've I've become his hunting buddy. So I I actually love it, man. It's it's been it's been super exciting to just be able to go out there. And so now I'm like actually getting into it. And I didn't grow up hunting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But now I kind of understand why people get hooked on it because you go out and you go out there, you have no worries. Just you and you and God's creation, man. Um, so, are you doing bow hunting, shotgun, rifle, all of it? Uh, so right now is um, <clears throat> it's bow season. Well, Sunday was the last day of rifle for deer. Deer, uh, bow season start. I've never actually shot anything myself, but you know, mm. I like to say hunting. I'm actually yeah. you know tagging along out there. I'm I'm more for the more for the tag along, like just enjoying being out there kind of thing. That's, that's, me. that's me that's me on a fishing trip man i ain't grabbing no rods or anything like that i'm just out there for the vibes man maybe, maybe a couple of drinks out, out yeah. while you're fishing yep exactly man i i, I love that too it's a, it's a drinking yeah, like trip the- for silk it's not even it's not even fishing nah man it's <laughs> fishing in the cooler for the next drink that's it Got one. it's 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 funny it's like the older i get the more i get into this outdoor stuff night night <laughs> Man, I was just sitting here uh, telling my boy the other day, bro, like, um, it was gloomy outside and about to rain. I said, I never appreciated stuff like rain, uh, gloomy days, bad weather, porches, old people stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man, oh, man. Well, um, Joey, go ahead. But No, no, I was just answering questions. You asked me to watch the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm a... I watch the game. I'm low key, Tommy. Even though I don't want to say I'm rooting for Georgia, I'm low key rooting for him just because of Coach no. Chad. Low key, man. You know, even though you know, you know, even though it's the East, and I, I'm not. That's our rival and everything. And it'd be nice to, have, as much as I, I mean, me being a former Gator, I want Alabama to win. But me on a personal side, liking Muschamp and what he stands for, and. Right. Um, you know, I would like to see him get a win, but so honestly, I'm just more of a I'm gonna I'm throw my hat up and say I don't really care. Like, <laughs> you go either way. 
but hopefully maybe the power goes out uh, at Lucas Oil Field and they just can't play the game. I'm here for that. <laughs> I know, right? I'm here for um, but Joey, want to want to get into your time at, at Florida? Um, you had a great career uh, at the University of Florida. How you know ultimately? You know, you're a highly touted guy out of high school. Um, you know, how'd you decide on attending UF? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, you know, with 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 recruiting for me, it kind of all happened very quickly. So um, I I chose Florida honestly just because my whole family were big Gator fans, and that was the only team I grew up. That was the only team I grew up watching. Um, you know, um, I wasn't leaving Florida just because I'm a, I wanted to be close to my family. So I was between Miami, Florida State, and Florida. Um, so, so really, it really, to be honest with you, my dad really recruited me pretty heavy. Um, my, you know, my own dad, he, uh, oh, sorry about that. Here, let's go find mama. Go find mama. Um, yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> he really wanted me to go there. Just, I think he had a good relationship with coach white. I don't know if y'all remember coach white. Uh, he was the running backs coach. I think he's at, is he at Boston? He's somewhere. I think he was at Boston college last, but yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had a good relationship with my dad, so I think that he really recruited my dad, and my dad recruited me. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, – I mean, it, it honestly, it was the best decision I ever made. Just, you know, not, not just from a sense of, like, you know, football. It's – you know, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't finish school. I'm, I'm eventually going to. I just, you know, mm-hmm. low-key been putting it off. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to finish it in the sense of I don't want my daughter one day to be like, well, Dad, you didn't finish school. Well, I'm – I'm gonna go get my degree, but my point, <clears throat> my point is that um, you know, being a part of that environment, being a part of Gator Nation, and and just what it stands for as a whole is just super powerful, man. And you know, I'm up here in Georgia, and you meet a ton of Gator Gator fans up here, and you don't even realize it. I mean, it's a when they say Gator Nation, I mean, it's truly Gator Nation. I mean, everywhere. I mean, I was the kind of NFL guy that bounced around. I was a journeyman type guy. You know, I was active P squad injured all the time. So I bounced around from team. Somehow I was able to stay in for four years, you know, um, which was a blessing, but I was, um, drove my wife crazy, but, uh, you know, it's funny, all these different places I went, there's always Gator fans everywhere, you know, and it's, it just goes to show it's, it's such a big, you know, it's just like, we're, we're just such a big, big nation and there's more Gator fans than than you would even imagine. And it's everywhere. And I, I love it, man. I'm, I'm a diehard. I I'm watch every game. You know, I, uh, you know, I definitely was, I'm definitely glad I picked Florida. That's for sure. Sometimes, sometimes you kind of question it. Like, you know, when it comes to the league, you're like, well, what if I went to a smaller school? I would have stood out a little more, you know, but you know, being on a big a defense like I was, it was like, you know, it's hard to be a star on a defense like that. You got all first round, you got all the first round play. Every, every starter on that defense while I was there went to the league. And all mm. the backups went to the league, and all the defensive starters before me went to the league. Like, right? You know, it's it, it it's crazy. Um, you know, you you play a different type of football, that's for sure. Joey, uh, tell us a little bit about like like we talk about when you first got there, your recruitment, um, the hard work. We hear about the fun times, the recruiting, the process, the visits. Um, but what was the hard well, work? Like, I know that Muschamp era was 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 a lot of hard work. What was that culture like when you first pulled up? Oh man, it's all about for me. It was about just championships. They were all about just getting getting winning and having a. For me, it was having a dominant defense. And you know what? From what I remember, that defensive class was really close. I mean, we were all we'd all talk to each other. 
we'd have group chats and keep in touch on social media. And um, the coaches kind of um, would introduce us to different guys. And, you know, it was, um, you know, to be honest with you, I couldn't really tell you. My perspective is very different than most people because I only took one official visit and it was to Florida. I commit early just because I was such a, I was a Gator fan growing up. So it was like, um, that was when I got that offer. I, I was, I was pretty sold, you know? Um, so I didn't really get it. I had other teams still recruit me pretty heavy, but I just never went and took another official visit. Um, so for me, it was a little different. I was more of the, I was one of those guys, you, I'm sure you see it now recruiting. You'll see a guy commits early after he gets, a, you know, just like me, grows up in Florida, Florida fan, gets an offer, commits early, and just kind of stays with it. Doesn't take any more of his official visits. But if I could go back, don't get me wrong, I would took all, I would took all, took all those official would, visits. Would have had some interest in Hawaii. Oh man, look, you get the, these kids that get these official visits. They better take all of them because you get the yeah. first. First off. A lot of these, a lot of these kids, you know, they don't. I didn't even fly. My first plane flight ever in my entire life wasn't until college. So, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that share that with me. Um, so, you know, when you get the opportunity to get your plane flight taken care of, you get to go uh, stay somewhere at a nice big school. You got the older guys taking you out and enjoying yourself. Like these recruits should take advantage of that. I mean, in the back of their minds, they got to know where they're going to go. But, you know, these. If I could go back, I definitely would have took advantage of it and got to, you know, maybe going out to Texas. And Sometimes, right. Joey, they take those visits knowing, think they, thinking they know where they're going, Joey. That's what it is. I'm glad you didn't take visits because sometimes kids take these visits. Like, yeah, I'm going to Florida. And then they end up yeah, in Florida right. City with, you know, a wild night. And then the rest is history. You're right. You're right. I mean, I guess you don't know it till you really experience it. I mean, you could go take a visit to Texas and you're like, wow, I thought I loved Florida. But now that I'm at <laughs> – the girls yeah. are prettier here. Right. <laughs> the food's better. <laughs> I remember um, the first time I went out. My first te- my first year covering Florida was thirteen. Um, your freshman year, um, and I remember yeah, going no, out I, to. I remember, I remember going out to LSU the first time and, and calling back home, being like, "Damn, if I was good enough to get an SEC offer in high school uh, for baseball, I was like, damn, I would have been here. This place is beautiful.'" I was like, everyone just like lives and breathes for this this school, like the entire state yep. does. Um, yeah, that was a that was a fun trip. That's always a fun trip. They, and talking about food, you can eat down there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, no. That, that's a that's a good point you made, Corey, about that though too. I was I never like like you said, my my perspective is a little different because I just stuck with Florida. But but yeah, you're right. Maybe if I did take a visit somewhere else, they might have. You know, when you're young like that, too, you're, what, 16, 17? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just a kid. Like, you're an you know, impressionable someone, dude. Someone can easily sway you, you know? We lost, we lost one. We lost Corey. We lost Corey. Uh, well, Joey, since we're, since we're talking about that, talk to us about the transition of, of going from, you know, high school to, to college and obviously being a defensive guy, you know, under a defensive head coach. I'm sure that that was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a nice, nice part to have. But, but what was that transition <clears throat> like from from high school to college? Oh, man. So I had a rough time my first year, like really rough. So I didn't start playing football till high school. <laughs> um, I remember sitting down with my dad. I always tell people this story. Um, so back I'm, I'm a little older than you know, I'm older. So like I, I didn't have huddle when I was in. I think huddle came out when I was like a. Maybe it was my senior year, I mm-hmm. think. So maybe it had been out, but we just weren't up to date on that stuff. 
So, uh, so basically, I remember sitting down with my dad my sophomore year, burning CDs of my mm. highlights. And I'm looking at my dad. Yeah, it feels know, like I think they had huddle. You should have been burning CDs. <laughs> yeah, <think> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, but, you know, we didn't know Pasco County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- pass- exactly. Pasco <laughs> County. You just said it. That's Joey's it. like, I had like an old film reel. I was actually cutting <laughs> film at night and, yeah. and sending the film to coaches. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, uh, so, so we sat down, man, and we, we burned these CDs. And I remember we make my dad helps me make a highlight tape. I remember looking at my dad. I'm like, "There's no way I'm getting any scholarship offers." And this is after my junior year, and I'm I don't know crap about because I didn't start playing until my freshman year. Really officially playing football, I just really start playing defense until my second year. Um, I came in initially wanting to play quarterback, and then they were like, "Nope, you're a big guy. You're playing O line." And then they realized I was an athletic big guy. Um, so then I ended up playing defensive end, defensive tackle, fullback. Um, so anyways, after my sophomore, we make that CD highlight tape, we put together the highlight tape, sent out to this recruiter, um, named Ricky Saylor. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of that name. He does like a lot of the seven on seven tournaments in Tampa, Florida, right. like right. does the unsigned preps. I don't mm. know if you heard, I did, okay. uh, I ended I up doing them. a tour bus with them. Awesome guys. I haven't talked to them in a while. So anyways, I get this CD out, um, and I, I do this tour bus with them. I get the CD out, and uh, man, next thing I know, like a week later, University UMass calls me, and I get my first offer. And then when you get your first offer, you get on the radar, you know. And then all of a sudden, they all just come and start coming in t- uh, five offers, ten offers, fifteen offers, twenty offers, twenty five offers, and you know, um, it was a blessing, man. But it was like it was like it, I was in shock because I didn't even, you know, being that young, I didn't even know I was good. I didn't know I was a Division One athlete. I thought for all I knew. I was going to go to community college because I didn't grow up in a wealthy family or I was going to go to the military and pay my way through a big school. You know, that was kind of my mindset. Um, was it like when, you, when you found out you was good, what was that feeling? It was definitely a confidence booster, man. You know, right. what's, what's, what's then, the first offer that, that made you feel that way, though? Was it UMass University, or was it? University of, no, University of Miami. Mm. That's when I was like, OK, this is this is the real deal. Now I'm starting to get the big ones, mm-hmm. you know, and I went down there and took a visit. And then I saw how they treated you down there. And then you just remember in high school, kids kind of treat you differently. Like they start, people just start wanting to be your friends that were never your friends. And I was always typically a nice guy where I was cool with, I was friends with everybody. But, you know, it's, uh, that's why they say kind of keep your circle small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember that whole process and it being just so, you know, it was just such a blessing to, know that I'm going to get a full ride. And um, so anyways, my transition from high school to college was, uh, it was super rough. Cause like, and in, in I didn't, I grew up watching the Gators, but I wasn't, my dad didn't play football. I was just, um, my dad was just a big guy. My mom was just a little uh, short, low athletic woman. So, and my mom was a Marine. So it was like, I had a mix of size and athleticism. Um, so when I got, so in high school, it was more like just hit the gap, uh, you know, just make this play. I just would make it happen. They would just tell me to hit a gap or I had certain responsibilities. It, it's just such basic football. Like, I it, I mean, uh, a 10-year-old could do it. You know, it wasn't that difficult in high school. So when I made that transition to college, man, with Brad Long, I don't know if y'all remember that guy. <laughs> Dude was, I actually liked him a lot off the field. But, man, he made me hate football when I was on mm. the field just because he – I mean, me, Caleb Brantley, uh, Jordan Sherritt um, – who else was there? There was a lot of us. Uh, I remember it, well, when I got there, it was like Dominic Easley was still there, Ronald Powell, 
all them guys. But like Brad, Coach Long was like, he wasn't taking shit from anybody. I mean, he mm-hmm. was, I mean, he he was cussing you out, telling you you're stupid, and like, what are you doing? Like, like, like he told uh, he told T. Riles, he was like, he's like, you're gonna be working at Walmart if you keep this up. Like, mm-hmm. he was, <laughs> He, like you see those comedy videos that people do like skits of like coaches saying stuff like that was coach line. So like, you know, football for me, my first time, like, cause I was a complete idiot in the football. My football IQ was not there when I first got there. Cause I, like I said, I was just hitting gaps. Like I didn't know that it was so in like, there was such a detailed sport. And so my fresh, my transition was real rough, but eventually I earned my way up to like um, <clears throat> end up playing Towards the end of the season, I was going. Was to the plan first. for you to redshirt? Uh, no. The plan was for me to play, but I was just okay. such a knucklehead that it took me a while <laughs> to actually play. Um, so they actually ended up getting a official start against Florida State, and I got a scooter accident and got 20, 20 stitches on the back of my heel. So my first start ever at Florida as a as a freshman, which is a pre, which I thought was a real big deal. Um, I ended up getting a scooter accident and ruining that for myself. But it, it kind of sucked, though, because, you know, I could have used it as a red shirt deal. And also, I remember my senior year, there was no, there was a chance that I could have got another year because of that year, which low-key looking back now, I'm like, dang, I, pro- I, I would encourage anyone to do five years if they don't feel like they're going to get drafted high enough or if they didn't finish school. Because um, it, it could, they could use it to – I mean – I mean, there's plenty of guys I met in the league that, you know, they weren't anything their fourth year, and then they get to stay another year. Next thing you know, they're going third, second round, and mm-hmm. still in the league now. So sometimes the decisions you make in college and the guidance you have can can set you up for the rest of your life, really, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. So, see, that's probably one of my only regrets was um, not really redshirting my first year. Because that first year, that first year was rough with um, in 2013. Obviously, what what happened on the field, but um, I just remember the injuries. It was just like, oh my, oh yeah, that's, every, that's everybody everybody was, was hurt. And wasn't it all? I think it was all ACLs. I think that's what it was. Yeah, there were a remember, bunch of ACLs. Yeah, yeah. remember uh, was it Dominic Easley tore his ACL at a walk? He was it was during a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. It was during a walkthrough, mm-hmm. he tore his ACL. There was a lot of guys. Uh, John Hall Pio tore his pack, I think. He played. Uh, he I, I was I was good friends with, yeah. with, with Pio. Um, I love Pio. I still talk. He to had him, that. Actually. He had that. He had that sling where he could like mm-hmm. maybe lift his arm this far away, and it was like just enough yeah. to where he could like kind of get it in a defensive right, right. back's chest. Um, and I asked him about it. And he was like, "Yeah, my pec's torn." I'm like, "What? You're playing? You're you're yeah. pushing defensive lineman <laughs> with a torn pec? That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, he um." He still – actually, I was super happy for him. I think he missed that entire year, that whole uh, last – I think he missed all of uh, 2020, and he got he just got picked up this past year by the Niners. So Niners, I was super yeah. happy. I was super happy to see that. Um, yeah, yeah he's someone we need yeah. to get on because he, he had a great story. He was um, oh, out of the league God. selling cars and, and just working out yeah. at yeah. 4.35 a.m. to, you know, stay in shape and waiting for a call. Yeah, I can send I can send you his number too. I still I talked to him uh, probably about two months ago. I talked to him. Um, I keep in contact with some of these guys. You know, Florida's got a bad history with some guys. They go to the league and they think their their egos get very 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 mm-hmm. high. I'm not. Oh no doubt. Uh, you can ask any NFL recruiter GM. They're gonna tell you a lot of these. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna say, "Oh, you went to Florida? Oh, okay. That's what they're gonna say." Like, because a lot of these. 
a lot of guys will get to league and think they're just better. Never, I mean, I'm not trying to shame guys, mm. but that's just that's just the hardcore truth. Like guys just think they're they just get there and they think they're they're God's best creation. Like I'm like, dude, you're just a guy. Like you're we're all humans. Like like right. we should all treat each other the same. And yes, you haven't talked to Vernon in a while. Oh no, you know what? Vernon's oh. actually Vernon can come off that way, but Vernon's just a very uh, very Vernon's just a very introvert. He's an introvert. He's very to himself. He doesn't uh, – I can't really explain that. If you were to hit Vernon up, I'm sure – like, if I were to hit Vernon up, he'd, hit him, like, he'd be like, oh, yeah, what's up, man? Like, you know. But there's, no, he's not Hollywood. He's just, he's just super, like uh, like he said. like Yeah, uh, it, exactly. Introverted. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know well, – A lot of them do get Hollywood, Joey. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, what was how draining was that though? You we were talking. I'm sorry, Dan. We were talking about the the must champ and the injuries that year. What was that season like though? Oh man, you know what? Guys just didn't give a crap, man. It was like I remember if it, if I remember correctly, it was the same year that we were supposed to have a fully padded practice. I think this was after. Didn't they let champ? When did they let champ go? And then uh, didn't a coach was, take over? That was the next year. <laughs> that was the next year. Okay, okay. So that okay. Tell so, us that story though. What happened? Um, that yeah. was the next year. Well, okay, so so I just remember it was hilarious. It was like Mike T and like um, Morrison and all of them. They're like, you know what? Screw it. We're, we've been we've been practicing our ass off and we're losing. Let's not. We're not doing pads. So everyone took their pads and stacked them up. <laughs> like what? They, all, they just stacked them up in the corner. <laughs> like um, and and we just we we basically forced the coaches to not. Not, not to do non a non padded practice, and then I think the same year we, <laughs> that's uh, hilarious, bro. The same year we did a um, who was it? T Riles and all them. They did like a. They said screw practice. We've been practicing our butt off. They threw like a. They turned the team room into a club, and they did strobe lights and like a bunch mm. of random stuff. And everyone was in there playing music, had music videos on the screen. What the hell did the coaches say when you guys did, did that? Well, you know, they, I think they liked the fact that, that we came together as a team and did something as a team. So they were kind of <laughs> – at that, right, and at that point – More you know victory toxic, still. You know how toxic right. the environment got to be where that's a good thing? I think at that point, like, I mean, if I'm a coach, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do here? Am I going to be an asshole and have my players hate me? Or right. am I going to make a positive statement out of this thing and be like, look, you guys came together – you know what? No practice. And I think that's what happened. I think they said no practice and, you know, everyone was all pumped and stuff. That um, couldn't have been much chance. No, it wasn't, I don't think it was much chance. I think he was – I think it was I, – yeah, I just can't think – I just can't – I can't picture much chance saying that. So, definitely, well, I don't think – I think it was – uh, was it Durkin who took over? Dirk took over. Dirk yeah. took over. Yeah. He was the interim coach after Muschamp got fired. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they – uh. They, they, you know, one thing I could say about that staff was they, they cared, man. Like, I don't really talk to them anymore that much, like, because they're obviously doing their own thing. But, you know, they did care about their play. They did care about their players. And um, they were, you know, Dirk, Dirk, you know, he has some stuff happen in Maryland. But I just didn't really see. I guess I didn't see that side of them. But uh, they, they took, I mean, especially with me personally on a personal level, when I had that horrible thing happen with my sister and my family, like, they really, really, really took care of me. You know, um, I could really, looking back, really appreciate them and their support. And uh, you know, Champ was like, he always knew I had some fam, something going on with my family. So if we had like a week off, he'd give me another extra few days if I needed to take care of something. Like, you know, um, I was uh, 
for me, I was like the oldest in my family. So I felt like I, I almost was like another fig, like almost like another, uh, like just to figure my siblings will, yeah, that my siblings would look up to me. So I would always, always kind of take off. They go home to take care of some stuff or, you know, so they always really, really looked out. Um, so in, in a sense of that, it was great. I think champ is a really good, obviously a defensive guru. I just don't know if he's really meant to be a head, a head coach. I mean, um, I mean, it's kind of uh, to me now. Football is more of like a track record thing, you know. Right. Um, but he might get somewhere and be a head coach one day, and then it takes off. I mean, is it me or is Champ like the most? Uh, is he the most fired, highest paid coach there is? I mean, he's been everywhere. What? what oh, uh, Florida, Best job. I mean, he's Florida, got generate. He, he's got six or South seven generations worth of a uh, buyout it's, money. It's crazy, man. Like I would be fired twenty times to get that. Listen, if you if you, you want to start a small business, hit hit your boy Champ up. He's got plenty of money. <laughs> he can make an investment in something. I'm like, uh, I'm like, look, Champ, just you know, I need a little little check my way. I'll take I'll take care of you on the back end. Just yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, like, don't he, worry he about it, Ivy. It's a rounding error at this point. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rounding <laughs> no, error. I'll just write. Don't worry. I, I'll just write it off. It's no big deal. Yeah, they've carried the it's one a couple much. times for him. Um, <laughs> I think at um, one point he was getting paid by three schools. I think he was getting paid by Auburn, Florida, and South Carolina at one time. Best yeah. best job in the world if you can get it is a fired Division One football coach. Pays oh, well. No. Nah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be a coach, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you I don't know. think it's for me. I, I think I think high school's calling my name when I'm like fifty, you know, like from like that fifty to sixty five area. Hobby time, like a hobby. Yeah, like a hobby kind of thing. Right, right. I, I'm more of like a. I want to be on the mentorship side of it. Like, I seeing, I like, I love kids that have some type of. Even you know, even as a player, I love like you know guys that had, ish, at home issues or, had some stuff off the field, and you know it just makes you feel good to be able to help that person and, hmm. um, give back, and you know that's why I like guys like uh, Coach Rump, like Chris Rump, changed my career completely. I just wish I had, like, you know, I can't say anything bad about Coach Long, but my, I think we just, on a personal level, that mentorship level, we didn't connect as well as me and Coach Rump. Like, I mean, I love that guy. Like, I still talk to him today. Like, like he's a father figure. Like, that. I mean, me, we were real close in the, his coaching style and his, you know, coaching goes a long way. But when you're a good mentor and you guide your, your players through some stuff, you can you can really bring out some really good players, like, you know. And and a lot of these guys, they come from broken homes. I mean, they really do. A lot of them, a lot of these these guys don't come from the best areas like that you play with. And having a mentor and a coach is so important, and it can make all the difference in the world. You know, just kind of molding a um, molding you to not just like, you know, everyone wants to play in the league, but I mean, it's so hard to even make it to no TA practice. Like, you know, so it's not even just about. It's not about that. It's about getting you ready for what's after football, you know, molding you as a man, you know. Um, and uh, I had a coach, Rod Marinelli, um, who things didn't really work out there. I had some pretty rough injuries that just were never really – people didn't really know about. Um, and uh, But one thing I remember from him that he always said was, like, he was always telling us how we needed to build our armor, you know, on and off the field. That's in the weight room. That's mentally – um, and that kind of, that stuck with me after being with him. Like, that's so true. Cause like, you know, when you put it that way and use that as like, almost like a metaphor, it's like, 
just makes you almost process the whole thing differently, I guess. <clears throat> what, um, was that something, was that something college specific? Like when you got to the league, um, was that a different coach player dynamic? I mean, you get to the league and there's some guys oh, making man. 25 million a year. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, I was making chump change my first year. I mean, like I got a real cool, I'm a real like team kind of oriented guy. So like, I'd be friends with everybody, but it's like when you got like your buddy, Chris, like when I was with the chiefs, you got your buddy, Frank Clark and Chris Jones. And you know, you see your little paycheck and you're like, okay, nice. And then you'd see there and they're getting like a hundred grand for a game or like 200 grand for a game. You're like, Holy crap. Like must be yeah. nice. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, it's definitely a difference. But one thing you notice is the good ones. A lot of the really good ones I'm, I've been around were good, humble, like obviously they're freakishly talented. But their work ethics are insane. Like Frank mm-hmm. Clark, like super talented, super humble, but his work ethic is insane. Like um, super tough. Um, you know, I've been around, like I said, I've bounced around, so I've been around a ton of guys. And there's not, there's maybe two guys I could say, I don't want to say their names, that I was like, all right, this guy's like a douchebag. Like, <laughs> you know, every, everyone else for the most part, you know, it's a, I mean, the league is like, man, you can't, first off, like, everyone's good you know um it's it's really going to come down to comes down to obviously op- so for me like it's from what i've realized is sometimes and i talked to like my buddy who i'm going with tomorrow his name is ryan schrader he played uh he played i think seven years with the falcons started for like six years at their right tackle but we'll say everyone will all agree on the same thing it's like you'll see guys that you think will not make it past year one they play 10 years and then you see guys that you think will play 10 years and they don't even make it past year one. And then you go to you come out, come to realize like there's so many little things involved in playing at this level. It's like one, your opportunity needs to be there. Like, unless you're a high draft pick, you got to have an opportunity Two, the fit has to, it has to be a great fit. Like you got to have a good fit. Like for me, a lot of times I'd have a great opportunity, but it'd be a poor fit or I'd have a perfect fit, but it'd be a poor opportunity. So there's a little luck involved. Because you can get a great fit and a great opportunity. Like my, like when I went to the Falcons, great fit, great opportunity, but I got hurt. Like so, that's the kind of like the the thing with the league is like it's a little bit of luck involved. You gotta be able to stay healthy. You know, you can't make the club in the tub, and uh, it's gotta be a good fit and a good opportunity. Um, but you'll see some of these people are just freaks, man. Like I mean, I seen a guy playing D tackle. Um, oh, what's his name? Stephen McClendon or McClendon? McLean? I can't remember his last name. He's with the Bucks now. It's like his 13th or 14th year. He's maybe had like two, three injuries. I'm like, it's just like these people are just built different, you know. Like God really made them differently, um, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, sorry, I kind of got off topic. Oh, yeah, you're good. Um, that's interesting. We were just talking about about Chris Rump because um, he's someone that, that Florida might be looking at to bring back. Um, oh, man, I, I hope they do. I'd be so pumped if they did. I'll what? go freaking intern with because no, I'm not doing that. Look at that. Hey, you, you can get, you can get no. like a job like Sharif. They'll come pay. You finish your school, and they'll pay you to be there and coach. My wife would not go back to games, though. <laughs> hey, happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? You're not going back Yeah, to I mean, games, you know what? You know what? I I mean, I could maybe convince. That'd be, I mean, Sharif, that's a cool gig that Sharif had, though. That's, that's sick. He, he was able to finish school. Stay involved with the team, yeah. 
See, that's that's a cool little gig. Cause I mean, I don't know if it's you can sell that to the wife. You can sell that to the wife, Joey. Yeah, yeah. You can sell yeah. that. Hey, going to school, the gig, like you know, it's, it's you know, yeah. gotta, our daughter got to see me get the degree. You come back and chill in the ville. Right. Start like coaching. You never know. I know that's the thing. Cause then I might be like, okay, I like this. the the thing about coaching for me, man, is like I'm such a family guy. And I, I just knowing all these coaches, they don't get to be around their families, man. They're just yeah, that's true. The hours they work in are they're that's they're facts. insane, man. Like it's like you think players work like crazy. These these coaches are out. They're grinding like Nick, well, and Dan Mullen wasn't. He was skiing, water skiing. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's a different kind of grinding. A different yeah. kind of grinding. Yeah. So that's he true. was, he was true. You he hear was grinding all with his travel agent. <laughs> the, you know it's crazy to hear all this stuff like i even heard uh they were saying someone was telling me about like urban myers he uh that's what happened with him was he didn't want to do all the recruiting i don't know if that's true but that's kind of what happens like huh who said urban didn't want to recruit that's what i heard towards the end of it uh, end of his career at florida oh that's all he does that's all he want to do i think urban does that shit he doesn't no. want to do that more than have sex no, 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 no. So I heard that. No, no, but I heard I heard something something happened with Urban and and his wife. That's what I and I don't know if it's true, but part of that was why he want he didn't want to do the some with recruiting and him not uh-huh. spending enough time with her kind of thing. I don't this you know, just some just some stuff you hear. I don't know if it's true, but there's always some reason why these coaches stop recruiting. It, it could be a family issue, this or that, but but this shit's tough, man. Like they sacrifice <laughs> everything just to go recruit yeah. these high school kids who most of them are now nowadays are spoiled little brats. You know, a lot of them are like, you know, cause it, it's the recruiting has gotten to a whole nother level where these guys are, you know, they already feel like they're in the league when they leave high school. Cause how, how, you know, cause they got, it's, it's so competitive. This recruiting is so competitive. Who has the most fancy bus? Who has the most fancy jet? Who has this? <laughs> who has that? Like who has the best food? Like it's literally just a show off competition now. You, you catch any flag for your uh, Dan Mullen opinions during the season? You know what, man? Uh, you know, I was, I was a little guilty of uh, what's, what's it called? Um, uh, not not being a little emotional, I guess. Like, you know, instead of just uh, having what was the word I said? Um, uh, what I said? What I said to you, Dell? I can't. I can't. I think I got remember I what I said. I have to go back into it. And look oh, at that, it. I, I know what it was. I said, I said, I don't think my emotional intelligence was all there. That, because, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I should be representing myself probably in a, a more uh, mature manner just because now I'm a former Gator. Kids look up like former guys might look like, for example, um, I had a, a um, during the off season last year, I, had, I did the, I went and did mini camp with the Raiders and uh, their first round pick who played at Bama, I think it was off to tackle. Um, he was like, he, he came up to me. He's like, Hey, are you Joey Ivy? I was like, yeah. And like, you know, I'm not, I wasn't a huge name or anything, but this stuff makes you feel good. And he goes, man, I was a huge fan of you when I was in high school. You know, I'm like, damn, look at you now. You're a first round pick as an O-lineman. Uh, forgot the name of the guy. Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. Alex Leatherwood. And that made me feel real good, man. And then, you know, so when I say emotional intelligence, it's like, you know, when we're, when we're you know, we're all here Gator fans. It's like, you see this stuff and you're not there, but you just, Sometimes you just get upset and you say things, and I'm just like, I have my buddy he hit me up. He's like, "Bro, you're wild for this tweet. What are you doing?" Like, uh, I don't know if y'all remember Matt Rowland. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. Matt, by the way, could have been something super he was special. Fast, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, had, he, had, he uh, had three ACLs because, you yeah, know, yeah. honestly, Matt won't say, but Matt's diet was so, he had such a bad diet. He didn't like to lift, but if Matt had those t- two things going for him, Matt would have been, Matt would have been a star. Yeah. But anyways, Matt's still one of my good buddies. We still talk a lot. He runs um some real big social media accounts. He runs a crypto account called Watcher Guru. I think they're actually like mm. the top five. Uh, media company crypto media company in the world right now like people realize but matt's been running these social media accounts forever um so he was kind of already doing this stuff like working on his phone um but yeah he hit me up and he was like dude what what are you what are you tweeting like he's like why are you tweeting stuff i'm like yeah i know man he's like but i can't just delete it i already said it like i gotta own it now (laughs) you know i mean you let about you let you let a few rip though it wasn't like it was just one yeah i know i know I, I, I liked it. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I, 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 like, I like your energy, man, because like, I felt like you felt. I felt like Dan Mullen was throwing the season. So when you tweeted he was throwing the season, I said, low, low, thank you. Low key. And then people were like, I just, you know what? You learn one thing you learn about social media, especially being like people are gonna say negative things to you. But honestly, you just gotta have that. I don't give a F what you say to me. Mm-hmm. That's not, you're not mm-hmm. gonna change my day to day life. Like you can say whatever you want to me. You can call me uh, all the, the names in the book, and I don't, I'm just not gonna bother. Like, like mentally i just kind of like turn that off but uh but yeah you're right though like i just kind of sometimes don't have a filter i guess and and uh but yeah i mean sometimes i you're right i a loki did feel like that though loki felt like he was ready to move on from being there you know um the, when you when you have a game when you're when you're that close to being alabama who's in the national championship tonight when you're when you're that close to being a team like that and the team is on fire how do you end up losing to these smaller SEC schools like it just doesn't really add up to me like when you're a school of this caliber and you're supposed to be getting this certain caliber of recruits and you're this big of a school I mean what we, we're a top five public school now is that what it is mm-hmm. we're right. a top five public school where we're, our school is like widely not, I mean Gator Nation is massive you know the amount of uh, just it's the amount of um, just I guess the platform the school has is one. Of, it's one of the biggest platforms in the world and like right. I just don't I, I don't like mediocre seasons. I think we are a championship school. Like that's how it should be. Like all of our other sports are championship sports. Like I mean, especially our women's sport. At least when I was there, the women's sports were killing it mm-hmm. and everything. You know, um, I think we should be held to a high standard. You know, when you get a job at the University of Florida, you should be held to the highest standard possible. Like there are so many other people that want that job. I mean, I get that. I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade on him. And I get that he coached there before. Like, cool. Good for you. So have uh, hundreds of other coaches. Like, I get it. Like, you were there in an awesome era. But, like, when you're put in that position of power as a head coach, like, your standard is through the roof. Like, you know, I was – and I think another thing with me was I low-key had a little bit of chip on my shoulder because I was a – I loved champ. And, like, even though we had a terrible season, like, obviously he needed to be held to a certain standard. But when they were booing champ in the stadium and all this and that, I was like, all right, this is what it, this is what it is. If you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they're going to try to get you out of here. So I'm like, why shouldn't Dan Mullen get the same treatment? You know, I was like, mm-hmm. if, if champ got that treatment, they got him out of there. Why shouldn't they do yeah. the same and thing? Champ wanted to be here. Exactly. Thank you. Champ, champ. That's one thing about him was he had great pride. He wanted to win. Right. He loved his team. He was very prideful, prideful about defense. I just didn't get that feel with Dan Mullen. I just mm-hmm. felt like he was ready to go. 
You know, I low-key feel like – I don't know. I just felt like the way he is energy – you can kind of sense people's energy, especially when you watch them on TV and how they carry themselves and how they talk in press conferences. Like, you can kind of sense if someone really wants to be there or not. To take, take it off track a little bit um, about champs. I mean, I wrote, I think, 13 was my first year, and after you guys lost to Georgia Southern, I was like, that should be it for him. Um, but then he gets another year. He gets another year in 14 – um, it always stuck out to me when y'all beat Georgia, just, it looked like he knew, Hey, the way even this season's going 2014, it's probably not, I'm probably not going to make it, but beating Georgia, just like he walked in mm-hmm. like a new man for that post-game press conference. What was that well, locker he, room like? What was that week like? Oh man. I, you know, it's, it's actually funny you asked that because that's, if I can remember anything about champ was. You know, I, I don't know if it's because he played it. He, he played, right? That's He was at, he played he was at, Georgia, yeah. at Georgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that – I think that – I don't know if it has something to do with – maybe he wanted to coach there and they never hired him. I don't know if it has something to do with that. But he – man, Champ had a chip on his shoulder when we played Georgia. I mean, he was getting the team fired up in meetings, in practice. I mean, I wish he was like that every week. But for some reason, it was completely different. His His – the way he carried himself was completely different when we played Georgia. You know, you definitely sense that. And, man, we, we definitely kicked some tail when we played them. Um, I think I lost, we lost them that first year, and then I never lost to them again. I think it was, uh, what, 14? We, was it 13 we lost, 14, 15? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I think 14 we lost. Was, was it? 14 was yeah. a win. Cause 13, yeah, they lost 14. 13. Well, ask me, Joey. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You lost yeah. your freshman year and then uh, the next three years. Yeah, the sophomore junior senior year one. It never beat Florida State and never beat Alabama, though. That those two pun- is a punch in the gut. Nick but, Saban but, hasn't uh, lost to a to a team from the East since 2010. So you're not the only one, Joey. You're, you're, yeah. Nobody in the East, nobody that's gone to any of the seven schools but, in the but, East is beating them. But do you remember how close some of them games were that like, when we played them like there were some of them games where, like, I remember where it was like Keanu Neal got like a, uh, they stripped the ball and they got the fun. Like, we had some real, like, Kiki hit Derrick Henry that one time. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still, I still show, like, when I'm talking to buddies about, like, uh, they're like, who's the best safety? I, like, random people, who's the best safety you play with? I'll, I'll, I'll be like, all right, let me, let me pull up a video for you. I always show them that video of him hitting Derrick Henry. Cause, you know, I was with the Titans uh, for that little playoff run with the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's a freak, man. I mean, I played against him too, but actually being his teammate, man, he is a dude is a freak. I mean, he's like, um, I mean, he's if you picture, if you imagine like a lab and somebody creating a, he's an alien. a player, mm-hmm. he is an, I mean, he's a defensive end playing running back with, with mm-hmm. insane speed. Yeah, I remember you, going. You've up. seen him, Joey. You gotta explain it to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, seeing him, in, seeing him in person too, though, right, being his right. teammate, it's a different perspective. You're like, you're like, God dang! I'm like, like this guy's, you know, you think you think he's a freak on TV, then you see him in person. You're like, all right, he's massive in person too. Him, I him think Muschamp told me. I think Muschamp told him to play defense. Yeah, wow. Muschamp, Muschamp wanted to make, wanted to make a, he wanted to play right behind you, make a linebacker. Yeah, he wasn't uh, wrong. Like, I mean, he he could have been whatever he could have been whatever he wanted. I mean, facts with his speed though. Like, imagine him running somebody down. <laughs> I remember um, I met Leonard Fournette at the opening when he was a, a senior in high school. And I met Derek Henry at Uli when he was a senior. And I remember I'm in my mid twenties at the time and looking at them being like, I don't know what you are, but you're mm-hmm. not the same thing as me. Like you're 17 years old, all of six, four, two, 40 already. Like you're not a human. I don't know what you yeah. are. 
Um, those guys are, like you said, a bunch he's, of guys you met in the league. They were just built differently than us. And he's got a great work ethic, too. Like, Derek's always working. I think that's one thing I really respected about him is he's a grinder, man. He deserves it. Um, takes care of his O-line. And, you know, I got to ask the important questions, Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who had the best hands on the team? Who fought the best? At, at Florida? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Okay. So, I would say my first year, it was Ronald Powell. Mm. Mm. And he also – boy. He just came off as intimidating for people too, though. Um, you know – I remember uh, a, a tough guy that, you know, it's real sad what happened to him, Neron Ball, you know, rest mm-hmm. his soul. Uh, one of the nicest, sweetest guys I've ever met in my entire life. Like, hands down, one of the best teammates I ever had. Uh, but I remember I remember they, him and Ron, Ronald were real good friends. But, you know, friend fight. I remember they got into a little scuffle one time. And I was like, holy crap, Neron's got, Neron's got some good hands too. So, uh, I remember Neron – um Antonio Morrison, you would think that he has great hands, but I don't know. There's definitely some other people. I mean, Antonio Morrison was more of the intimidating guy. He was the guy who was like, this guy would probably kill you if you, you say the wrong thing. He might lose the fight, but he's going to come back with a knife. He'll, he'll win it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> got, a mur- got that murderous energy about him. Right. But yeah. he, <laughs> you know, when you really get to know him, though, Besides him not being able to have a sense without dropping the f f bomb, like I remember, and it'd be hilarious to make fun of me. Like he called plays in the hub, like f this, you know, f that, f this, like every word's the f word. But he, um, when you really what happened to- when? He- oh, 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 no, go ahead, finish. No, finish. I, 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 got, I got another question. When you really get to know Antonio, though, he was a good. He was a, he had a good heart, man. He was a good dude. And, uh, he just, you know, obviously has some. I don't know if it was impulse decision-making issues that he had but uh but bad but bad i had to write a bunch of stories that weren't football about him joey that's what i had oh yeah i was about to get into that but i'm not gonna do that yeah yeah, no i don't want to yeah but but uh but yeah siante lewis i remember he had real good he had some (laughs) good hands because he has he had long he had real long arms so i remember and we had you know it was funny there wasn't a ton of fights you know there'd be like little tussles at practice but we had we did have like uh, the little we, you know on the gator head we had those little ropes that go around it. We would take the ropes and we put them in we put them somewhere else and we'd make like a little boxing ring with boxing gloves. Um, so a lot of guys would end up boxing in there, like Jared Davis would box some guys and a bunch of random people. Never me, but you know, I was always the one just watching and laughing. I like it. Joey, I want to ask you, because we kind of skipped over kind of the transition time. Obviously, you go from Will Muschamp to Jim McElwain. Um, They seem like two very different dudes um, personality-wise. You know, obviously, one's a defensive, you know, minded coach. One's more offensive. Like, I'm not going to lie, Jim McElwain just seems like just a really goofy dude. What was, you know, (laughs) that transition like? (laughs) Oh, it's completely different. I mean, um. You know, one thing that Champ said to us before he went, and I'm almost positive this is what he said. You know, it's been so long ago, and and it really helped a lot of people. He said, I think it was him that said this. He was like, you know, no matter who comes in, you got to buy in. Like, you got to buy in. You got to you gotta take what they're selling because you'll never be a good team without everyone buying in. You know, no matter what it is, just buy in as a team. And so we all kind of bought in when Champ, when, uh, when McElwain came in. 
you know, you're right. He's a little bit of a goofy guy. He mm-hmm. has his little goofy chuckle and he makes those little funny comments, but he means well. Definitely an offensive minded guy, but when you talk to him one on one, he means well. He's a heartfelt coach, but I think he's one of those guys that was ready to get out of there. I don't know if it, I think it might have just been uh, almost like overbearing for him, like too much pressure on him. Um, it definitely was a different feeling than Dan Mullen. I think it was a different feeling. I think this was more of a he wasn't ready kind of thing, maybe. You he know, didn't get Dan, it. He, he didn't get that like it wasn't good enough to win the East. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like he's like I got paid to win the East. We're going to we're going to the SC Championship. Like, well, you're losing right. to Bama, and fans right, don't right. want that. Exactly. And then I felt like with Dan Mullen, it was more like um, I'm doing good enough, but you know, I feel so I feel confident about what I'm doing to myself. But you know, if you don't like it, screw you. I'm just gonna do me no matter what. You know, uh, with McWayne, I felt like it was more like an almost like a like kind of in over his head kind of thing. You know. Um, but yeah, I felt like he had, I mean, we went to the SEC championship with him twice, so I can't say off of Muschamp's defense. And I think that was the biggest thing. The offense never got going. You're right. Uh, and you know, what's, you know, what's weak? you know, what blows my mind about that, man. If you think back to our offense, all those guys are in the league. Like a lot of them old linemen we mm-hmm. had, like, like, Hump. even though they're older, yeah, like Fred Johnson, uh, John Harrison, John Hall Pio, Chaz Green, mm-hmm. DJ Humphreys, Max Garcia, uh, Trenton, the giant Trenton Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, My guy, Trenton. David Sharp. Uh, mm-hmm. There's probably a couple other ones I, I can't even think of. But, but yeah, they're, they're, we, had, oh, we had NFL old linemen, and we had, also had NFL receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe, I mean, we had a solid team. It's just, I don't know what it was, man. Like, like, like for example, uh, like uh, Driscoll, he's, I think he's still in the league. Like, I don't know what, why he couldn't mesh with the offense, but he goes somewhere else and balls out. Like, you don't know why that stuff happens. And then, obviously, like, I think, you know, actually, McElwain probably would have been there longer if, if uh, that whole Will Greer thing never mm. turned that corner. Because no we might have, honestly, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, I talked to, I talked to Derrick Henry about it, actually, and he was like, you actually might have gave us a, given us a run for our money if you had – Will Greer, because we remember watching you guys, and we were uh, we just were a different team with him, you know. Uh, Treeman, they had uh, Robert Kimdichi, they're like number like three in the country, and mm-hmm. and, yep. and you guys torched him. Yep, exactly. And then you know what really bothered me was Treon Harris because remember you guys remember Jake Guy? Oh. Yeah. yeah, you guys remember? So Jake Guy was my high school quarterback, and I remember he used to tell me. Dude, I used to, he was like, dude, I used to do Treon Harris's quarterback test. I'm like, I'm like, you're the fucking, excuse my language, you're the quarterback of the, the team and you can't even complete your quarterback test? Like, that's ridiculous, man. Like, you're just, like, that's just immature in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's the one thing when I found that out, that really bothered me because, you know, if you're getting an opportunity like that, take full advantage of it. Like, and so somehow, you know, we're in the SEC championship and stuff. But I think that was probably the one that, that hurt, obviously, was losing cha- uh, Will. Also, um, I think we could have did pretty well if Luke Del Rio wouldn't have broke his collarbone. I think he was just good enough to get us to where we need to go. Um, maybe not win the whole thing, but at least get us maybe um, some s- further than where we were. You know, because, yeah, uh, you know, I love – Joe, you I came like, to lie today, bro. Yeah, and, and I, like, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like Appleby. I liked Appleby as a person, but Appleby wasn't—he wasn't the right fit for that 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 team, you know. Um, 
I'm just being real here, man. Like, I mean, yeah, the, the, the last two things, what you said, the reason why McElwain had to go. That's why he got pressure cooked up out of here. Right. He was rolling out uh, Luke Del Rio's and Applebee's. Right. Um, right. Which, which I would take Luke over, over Applebee. But yeah, you're right. It's just, we just, for some reason, and you know what, you know, everyone will say this. We had a, we had a, a diamond on that roster the whole time, Kyle Trask, and we all were saying it. Why isn't Kyle playing? We've been saying that the whole time. A lot of his veterans were saying that. Why isn't Kyle playing? And no one still played Kyle. And then guess what? Kyle finally gets a shot, and he's just unbelievable. You know, I always knew Kyle was talented. And uh, for especially with like um, who was the other guy, Felipe Franks? Like I knew mm-hmm. Felipe had the ability and the physical stature, but he just didn't have it up here. You mm-hmm. know. You think he was just uh, immature? He was too immature. He was out there chasing girls and doing his own, like too too busy doing the things that were distracting him from being a good player. Um, instead, you know, you got you got it, you got it, man. Ain't no distraction, man. Rexy, Rex, Rexy was out there knocking them all down, man. Kegs, girls, all okay. still gonna put up Heisman numbers, man. Okay, thank uh, thank thank you for not having a filter. All right, so I'm I'm just trying to say that <laughs> I'm trying to say that in a nice way. No, but yeah, you say you, it. right, right. Yeah. But yeah, you, no, you're being real. That's. You, that's that's true, but yeah, there's, Kyle's a, just, there's a lot of Felipe stories that that uh, I I don't know I, I, he didn't like some of us in the media. I was cool with Felipe. Uh, there's a lot of Felipe stories that, that went unreported. I think that's kind of what Joey's getting at. There's a lot of stuff that uh, oh man didn't hit the internet, that, didn't hit the oh, papers. No there's man, there's plenty mm. of them. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of those stories when I was at Florida. Like yeah, the, the amount of stuff you hear about in the locker rooms, it's like if one of these things leaked out, you'd be like, holy shit. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, um, I want to ask one question about Matt because I think it, it – he and fans won't like when I compare McIlwain and Napier, but it seemed like McIlwain, you know, I, I at the time, even when he was the coach, I was like, he's like every sitcom dad you've ever seen like on CBS yeah. or NBC, like all rolled into one. Um, but yeah. he did seem that you touched on it a little bit that, that he was a genuine guy. If you were in a one-on-one, yeah, no, obviously you played defense. It seemed like right. he cared more about you, Joey Ivy, as the person than even as the player that could do something, you know, for 100%. his career on the field. Yeah. And I kind of get no, that vibe was. from Billy Napier. Yeah, no, and I love that part, you know. And even his wife, man, his wife is a sweetheart. Uh, McElwain's wife, like, you know, when they, that family, they, they definitely were more about the players. And that's how you kind of – you affect, I mean, when, you're not coaching in the NFL, so you got to re- – I mean, when you get to the NFL and you're coaching, they really just don't care about you. I mean, unless you're getting paid millions of dollars, they don't really care about you. Like like, uh, like when I was with the Chiefs, like my D-line coach is more of my friend than my coach, Britt Reed, Coach Andy Reed's son. Me and him were – we and him were more like – we were buddies. Like, we were real cool. Um, no, but my point, my point was, uh, but yeah, so like at this level though, that, like I said earlier, touched on it, that mentorship and that, 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 uh, leadership is super important for these guys. So like, you know, obviously you want to lead them to a championship and stuff, but like, you know, like the new coach they brought in, he really, he does bring that, that kind of vibe to him where he, he's going to care about his players. He has that, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get a little bit of McIlwain on that side and we get a little McIlwain or a little Muschamp on that side and, you know, a little bit of offense. So if we took, if we took a little bit of from all three coaches. Hopefully we get a little bit, a little bit of all three in this guy, you know, you never know. Um, hey, you and me both. I, I, this is my fourth coach in, in nine seasons. So I, I'm hoping. Man, he, I'm, <laughs> I think, I mean, as long as he understands, it's, it's really just about all the the recruiting, you know, it's, it's, it's being a smart recruiter too. Like Muschamp, man, he he found guys like that were three stars, two stars, you know, 
Uh, I'll give you two examples, Jared Davis and Taven Bryan. He found those guys out of effing nowhere, and they are – they both were first-round picks, you know. They did a lot for the team, and um, he – it's not sometimes always about that five-star, which is great, you know, you, you want – but some of those five-star guys end up not panning out or, or a bust or, like, they let it – all that all that recruiting hype get to their head, and it makes them complacent. I think you're covering your mic a little bit, Joe. No, oh, sorry, but I was I was just saying some of them guys, the five stars that come in, might get outworked or they get complacent. Um, so it, it's all about you know these guys. Like when you get to this level, you got and like Champ had like a special touch on these guys. He would recruit. You know, they weren't always sometimes weren't the biggest stars. Like in certain positions, you might need the biggest stars. Like you know, maybe on the as a DB, you might want a, five, a four or five star. You know, but it but you know some of these positions though like like i said d-line o-line some of these sleeper positions like these some of these coaches just know where to find them you know they can they can sense talent raw talent like they might not look they might not look like they're making a ton of plays but their raw ability to explode out of their hips or their raw ability to have power or speed or quickness like they sit they see that they see those little things then they bring them in and then uh, you see you see this this dude who was a two-star three-star nobody all of a sudden he's dominating the entire college football, you know. So we need guys like that who are going to find these guys out of nowhere. And, you know, obviously you want to get the big names too. I mean, quarterback is one of those positions that – it's hard to say, man, because, like, what, Kyle Trask was a three-star coming out? Two-star, two. like, two-star coming out, you know, like. So obviously some of these coaches know what I they're think, I think Kyle uh, just got caught in a rare situation where it's not like Florida he could have just transferred. He sat behind another high – uh, profile quarterback mm-hmm. at the same school who was uh, and that, that system was better suited for uh, that quarterback, more spread option type stuff. Uh, right, Kyle's more of a pocket passer, so um, he just kind of sat tight. But he got he came out to Florida, got recruited that way. So I think that that hurt Cal more than anything. I think uh, just not having film. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. That definitely did. It kind of probably make coaches a little more hesitant to put them right. In certain situations, I, that was Dan Mullen's hesitation. Even when he, they, all these coaches see him play good in practice, but they all had the hesitation because we never seen him with live bullets. So, like everybody, right. that's why everybody had that hesitation. But right, you know. no facts. So um, he needed Joey Ivy, who would have actually gone to practice and, and gotten real film reel. He would have right. cut it up. He would have mailed the USPS <laughs> to the coaches. He would have done it all. Right. CD baby. Right, exactly, man. Um, yeah, man. So I uh, Dan, you're muted. No, man. I, I I even threw a joke in there earlier, but I can't <laughs> repeat it now. Anyway, Nick, go ahead. <laughs> um, what do you What do you take back? Obviously, um, you you had to go through a bunch of adversity um, in, in college. We didn't even touch on on the, the stuff you had to go through with your sister and your family, um, but injuries, coaching change. What do you what do you look back on on your time at Florida and what kind of stands out to you? Man, um, just the I would say from the good times to the bad times, man, it's just about relationships and who you surround yourself with and um just the the the, the like you don't realize like, you know, I'm about to be twenty seven uh this month and you don't realize that, you know, college is the best time of your life, even mm-hmm. if you play in the league like, you know, the, the people you meet, the, the people you're around, the, the mentors you're around. Um, like for me personally, it was 
um, you know, it was real tough my junior year, you know, losing my sister and everything and going through with my family. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of adversity, um, kind of teaches you, uh, how to get through adversity and how to, how to man up in certain situations, um, how to deal with it. And, you know, uh, and not be afraid to reach out for help when you need it, man. Like people sometimes are ashamed to go see a therapist or go talk to somebody to help them. Like that stuff is there for a reason. You know, it's, it's there to, to help you as a young man and develop you. And, um, you know, we're not, we're all different. We all have our, our certain traumas that we go through. We all have certain things that might've happened when you were younger that might affect a certain personality trait that you have. But if you accept that, and you find ways to help that, like, that's the only way you're going to change as a man. That's the only right. way you're going to get through certain things as a man. Um, I think that was the blessing, too, of, like, being able to play at a big school and then being able to go to the league was, like, you meet so many different people, different perspectives, and you learn from them. And, uh, you know, being that, like, going through those things that I went through just, I guess it just um, made me more – I guess more, I guess a little more, uh, cautious, a little more cold hearted in a sense. I guess that makes like almost like, almost like, you know, something terrible could happen and it's going to bother me. But you know, when you go through something that hurts you like that bad, it's like, there's not too much that can top it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but like to answer your question, it's just, you know, the, the relationship part is huge. Um, who you surround yourself with and, um, you know, just so many fond memories of being at Florida and so many teammates I had fun with. And, um, I, you know, I, just being so young, there's so much crap that you just, when you get older, you think back and like, dang, I should have did something different or dang, I should have did this or that. But that's just part of the whole learning curve. And, you know, no, I, but I definitely miss it though. I miss, I missed, uh, I missed the college days and, playing in that stadium and, you know, going out on the weekend. That's, you know, people are going out on the weekends with your buddies and with teammates. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a giant fraternity. That's what it is. Like for what everybody. Was the like, off season Friday night, where would I find Joey Ivy? Oh man. That cantina probably with, uh, yes. oh, oh, cantina. oh yeah. Yeah. Cantina, with all the guys, man. Oh, good times. You, you see everybody out there. You see, me, you see Matt, Caleb coming through there, McAllister probably. You see uh, Jared. Day- no, Jared never went out. You no. see Alex. You see Alex with his girlfriend. <laughs> now his now wife. Yeah, wifed up now. Yep, got a, got a little baby. Looks just like him. He's a little, <laughs> his little twin. Um, but yeah, man, that those were the days, though. I mean, you'd see you'd see half the team out there, and uh, with fat daddies, that was. That was uh that was okay. another one. A lot of people went a lot of people went to the swamp, but yeah, Cantina was that was the move. That was Cantina that was, was the spot. Mm-hmm. There were uh there were a couple Saturdays where with a with a noon kickoff where I'd um I, I'd roll into Cantina and, and see half the football team there. I'm like, oh this yep. is the this is the benefit <laughs> of a noon kickoff. It, it is, man. It was uh that 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 was honestly that was the best part about those noon games. I was like, we win, and then we go, we'd all go party afterwards. That's just part of it, man. Like, yeah, you know, that's part of the whole thing. Like, that's 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 the celebration part with your butt with your teammates. Like, you know, half half the team goes to Midtown, half the team goes downtown. You know, 
I went, I went downtown for a little bit, and then uh, what do they call them? They call them the locals. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the guys in Tennessee yeah. that all the locals took over downtown. Mm-hmm. All the ACRs. <laughs> Is that what they called? I don't remember. All, they had some, they all the had some term for it. Huh? Yeah. ACRs, all the Knicks. ACR is an Alachua County resident. I'm I'm going on ten years here, so I think (laughs) I think I might be in ACR soon. No, I think you're already in, Nick. Uh, I think once you stay past your requisite four or five years, you become an ACR. Oh well, I mean, it took me it took me five and a half years to finish school, so (laughs) we're we're all still surprised. Uh, Joey, I I know that you've uh, you've been a bit of a journeyman in the NFL. You've you've played for. A lot of different teams. Uh, what are you, what are you mm-hmm. up to these days? And, you know, is that, you know, future still there and the football side of things? Um, you know what, man? Uh, you know, I love football, but mm-hmm. I'm getting to the point where it's like, so this past camp uh, with the Colts, it was the most political thing I kind of experienced just because I had a really good preseason, really good camp. And, um, right. you know, they got killed the first game. And they're like, okay, who is this guy jumping off the tape? Second game, they didn't play me at all. And I asked that coach, I'm like, what's up? Why am I not playing? So, you know, we just we decided to go with the younger guy. We're going a different route. So I'm like, all right, so I'm probably going to get cut on Tuesday. So, like, but that, when you've been through this stuff, you're just like, F it, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to cry about it. Like, it's just, it's just it is what it is. So – you know, I expected to get picked up right after that. I mean, I think the Bills claim you right away. So when they claim you, they take over your contract. And then I get there, and three days later, uh, five guys come back. So they end up cutting me. Um, so I, I expected to get picked up this year. And actually, I thought mm-hmm. it was a play. I mean, I felt way better. I feel way better this year than I, uh, I did the previous year. So I thought this was going to be my year to really do something in the league. But, you know, God had a different plan for me. I didn't get picked up. And um, so I just kind of – I got heavy into – cryptocurrencies and um recently kind of got in the nft game a little bit uh but i was able to you know make some income for me and my family uh, doing some crypto and just doing some other stuff um kind of entrepreneur at heart man so i'm kind of all over the place i got add when it comes to this stuff so you'll ask me one about what i'm doing and i'll just kind of bounce around um but yeah i'm uh so now i'm at the point in my life where i'm like i still want to play I think my wife's kind of like, she's not, she's, we have, a, you know, we have a baby and we got another one on the way. Um, so we're, you know, she's more of a, you know, ready to settle down a little bit. Um, but I mean, I would love to still play. So we'll see. I think I'm going to continue to work out this off season mm-hmm. before I really commit to something else and see if I get one more shot, uh, which I think, I think will happen. My agent thinks it'll happen, but it's tough, man. The COVID year kind of screwed me up a little bit. So mm-hmm. along with a lot of people, you know, um, I remember I, when I was with the Browns, I was active on the sideline. I asked my coach, why am I not playing? And he just couldn't give me an answer. So I was just like, you know, it, it can be a very political league, and it's all from upstairs. It's not even the coach can love you. You can be the coach's best friend. But upstairs, if the upstairs doesn't agree with it and the money's not right, or if a younger player is cheaper than you and he's just as mm-hmm. good, they're not going to keep you. So it's it's a tough league, man. So, so yeah, I'm uh, – probably gonna give one more try to give one more go and then go to plan b um i got some entrepreneurial stuff that i'm kind of chasing after right now but um you know i'm obviously in the back of my head i gotta have some backups just in case but but yeah i'm uh i'm a go-getter mentality man i'm i, I it's it's uh i'm i'm just uh i got the mentality where i i don't i, I want to achieve above and beyond even if it's outside of football i just kind of use football as my platform you know um couldn't tell you specifically what i'm gonna do but i know it's definitely 
all over the place. You know, that's why I say entrepreneur. Cause it's like, you know, my interests are just so, so different. Like every, I've just, it's just, I'm like I said, I got ADD with it, man. My interests are just everywhere. It's, it's nah, not man, one thing. I like it. You should, man. Um, we complex, bro. You know? Yeah, man. My passive so, income. That's kind of like what I'm chasing, mm-hmm. you know, multiple sources of passive income. It's one thing I realized too, is like when you get into a situation too, where it's like, you're not, you're not super, you're not like the high, highest paid guy. You're not making these big, big bucks. It's like, you got to find ways to make the best with what you make. So it's like, when you know when you have that mentality you kind of change a little bit in a sense of okay what can i and what can i maybe be a little more risky here and best in here and do this and make sure it's like my family like you know oh sorry i'm mute my mic but i'm like and then it makes you it makes you think these guys that uh that make all this big money they got they got enough money to have an opportunity they have an opportunity to change like to like if they they really took advantage of the money they had they could I mean, they could do some serious damage, but it's almost like sometimes the NFL wants you to stay a player. They don't like, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like they don't spread yourself too thin from what they're making money off of you for. Right. They don't want you to be too distracted. You Mm -hmm. know, they they want you to be really focused in, but you'll, you'll meet, you'll meet some really, uh, I mean, I mean, I met some real smart guys though that are, you know, you wouldn't expect it, but you know, one guy owns like, 10 Airbnbs, another guy was like 10 Zaxby's or, you know, uh, all over the place. But then you got those idiots that just go buy three Lamborghinis and a Rolls Royce and then they're broke three years later. You know, mm-hmm. the problem, the problem, the problem with the league is when you got like a Julio Jones and then you got a receiver who's like number four and the number four receiver is trying to live like Julio Jones, but he can't, you know, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the, that's the problem. You know, it, it's, it, people just, uh, all these material things they're here, they're here today, gone tomorrow. Like, you know, they're here today, gone tomorrow. It's, well, it's, it's, it's stuff, man. It's stuff, man. It's the older you get, the more you realize that crap. Mm-hmm. You know, right. The right. younger you are, the more it's like, especially when you don't have anything, you know, like I made some dumb impulse when I first got drafted, you know, I wasn't drafted high, but I what never had, any, tell us? I never had any money. Oh, I just, I bought like a, I think it was like a, $2,500 gun. I was just like, wow, oh, bro. That's, that's all right. I bought a, I bought a car. I bought a car. That shit was too expensive for what, like it was just a Mercedes. I shouldn't have bought that. Like it was just, you know, it was just, it, it was an impulsive buy. Like I just shouldn't have done like, so like, I think those only, that, that, I guess the gun's fine. Like that's fine. But like the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have definitely went like car get you to be while well, I'm this age. Like, unless you're seeing stupid money, like, why do I need something flashy? Like I, I could drive, like I still drive my college car myself. I gave the other car my wife, like, you know, like for me, I guess, I guess that is the, you know, obviously wisdom comes with age, you know, mm. so guys that get it early. Like I met this one guy, now you can look him up. His name is Ben Garland. He played D tackle for three years and switched to O-line and was able to get 11 years in. The dude is Captain America himself. He was like a military guy. I think he played at like Navy or Army, one of them schools. He drove a Toyota Camry. They had millions and millions of dollars in his bank account. Drove a uh, like a like a base model Toyota Camry. So like, you see the smart ones because he's gonna be be set for life. You know, in, in, yeah, in was, his 2011 Toyota Camry when he's 40 years old, still kicking, still rolling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's either that or he's he turns that money he made into something crazy, and now he's driving a Rolls Royce. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, man, I, I, you're right. But like, no, there's uh, I think that that's a, that's a good question for a lot of guys though. Like what, what was your biggest impulse buy? Cause mine's nothing compared to some of these guys. I mean, some of these guys are probably 
make some stuff. I mean, you see a lot of you see a lot of crazy cars in these NFL parking lots, man. That's for sure. Well, Joey, man, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Hey, Joey, we hired, bro. You almost a host, dog. (laughs) Oh man, my spot in the future. Uh, (laughs) I think this is the longest interview. You and Urban Meyer, I think the two longest interviews we've had, which is awesome, man. I appreciate you know your perspective and and what you're able to you know to to shed and share on the program. Um, Yeah, man. I love this. I love I love this stuff, man. I love anything Gator football related. I. Like I said, man, I'm big. I'm a big fan. I'm, you know, I obviously played there and went there, but I'm just, I'm a fan now. I'm, you know, I, uh, I bleed orange and blue, man. So anything to help the team out, help, help the, you know, the the nation out, man. I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm till the day I die, man. I'm gonna be a Gator. So that's what's know. up, man. Me too, man. Samezies. Yeah. Same Z. Same Z. Same uh, you, you got you got kids, Corey? Yeah, I have two. I have Daughters? a boy and a girl. Okay, so your your girl's probably saying same season, then, huh? Right, 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 right. That's what I mean. <laughs> a lot of a lot of my legal comes from her. Yeah, I'm probably gonna end up with all girls, man. I already know. I already know my next one's probably gonna be a girl. The one after that's gonna be a girl. So I'm gonna be saying all that stuff. Yeah. Hey, before you leave, uh Joey, what's what's your brother Andrew up to? Oh man, thanks for asking about him. He's uh yeah, so when he got you know, Andrew, honestly, I think he could have been a stud. I th- honestly, if I could pick a position, because he was between center and D tackle, I just would, because he's a real brilliant guy, like real smart guy. And um, he, uh, I remember, I, n- I never worried about him because he was way smarter than me. He uh, he had a chemistry class, and he told me when he got in the class, they were like, oh, he's a football player. He's probably not very smart. He got the highest grade in the class at the end of the year. I was so proud of him. But, yeah, so he's actually, uh, he's about to finish PT, uh, physical therapy school. No be a physical therapist. Awesome. So he, he when he had that back surgery, he kind of fell in love with the rehab part of it. And he wanted to do strength coaching at first, but now he's uh, he's on the PT side of it. And, uh, you know, that's what he's pursuing. You know, I would love for him to somehow use that in the sports world, maybe somehow do PT for Florida or something. But, mm. you know, I don't know. He's – I don't know what he's going to do specifically with, like what where he's going to be working at and stuff. But, but yeah, I'm glad he did something with it, with uh, took advantage of the school and stuff because, yeah, if it, was, if it was me instead of him at his age, I probably – I don't know. I probably <laughs> wouldn't be doing PT. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. Uh, well, well, I appreciate well, Joey, we man. appreciate it. Have a, a great rest of your day, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was a great chat with y'all. you. Guys. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good one, bro. Talk to you. Joey Avi. Yeah. Hung out. The fourth member of the stadium in Gale. I know. If, if, if ever we uh, have one of our guys have a, uh, a conflict, we'll bring uh, Joey on to fill our spot. And down to kick it. Man, oh, man. All right, well, let's give a quick shout-out to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Uh, use promo code STADIUM to get 10% off of your order. Uh, the best vacuum-sealed drinkware that you're going to find on the market. Over 350 different schools, a bunch of different products. Check out the University of Florida, whether you want a uh, like a tumbler, whether you want a protein shaker, whether you want a uh, you know a wine glass type of deal. Uh, go check out uh, GameTimeSidekicks.com, promo code STADIUM. Awesome guys, awesome products, and you will not find a better vacuum-sealed drinkware on the market. So uh, let's get into a couple other pieces of, uh, I guess, housekeeping. Um, 
outside of the, uh, the Mike Peterson hire, the Gators announced uh, a couple of additions uh, to the strength staff. Uh, Alex Watkins joins as an assistant strength and conditioning uh, coach. And then Tiger Jones uh, joins as the director of speed improvement and skill development. Uh, it's a hell of a title. Um, I believe he's the, the second Gators coach that's going to be focused on speed. I believe uh, Edward Thompson uh, is going to be focused on that as well. Nick, is that uh, what you've heard? Yes. Um, okay. Edward Thompson, uh, definitely speed coach, and, and Tiger Jones as well. Um, so two guys that will be you know uh, assisting in, in that realm. I love it. I love it. Uh, and then let's see, off-field staff, we've got uh, – Kareem Reed was the name that was just announced today, came over as uh, a quality control on the defensive line. Uh, Kareem Reed joins from University of Central Florida, where he was the uh, director of player personnel, a former head coach at Coconut Creek High School, my mom's alma mater, where he turned a team that was absolutely atrocious. I think even Coral Springs High beat them when I was there. Um which we didn't beat anybody, uh, even beat them, but turned them around into a national powerhouse, uh, really uh, elevated their level of play as well. Uh, David Doker uh, is announced as a graduate assistant for wide receivers. He's joining uh, from ULL as well. Uh, Tony Hill uh, joins the staff as the associate director for sports health for football, a very well-respected name. And then Paul Silvestri uh, gets a promotion to director of sports health over football. So Tony Hill will report uh, directly into Paul. Nick, that should be easy for your um, uh, org chart that you're creating. My, my flow chart? <laughs> that, yeah, that thing's going to be a mess. Um, um, what's what's the uh, Always Sunny character? <clears throat> that meme? That, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's you. That's, that's going to be me trying to figure out who's reporting to who, who's working for who, Charlie. Sorry, I'm just counting the number of coaches. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're at 36? Maybe 37 to, with today's. 37 with today's. Okay, so we're at 37 coaches. The Gators did lose uh, one back to the University of Louisiana uh, just a couple of days after their uh, new head coach tweeted about integrity and stealing coaches and stuff like that. So Shout out uh, to them. They didn't recognize the value of their coaches until Napier brought them here. And he was like, oh, man, we like those guys. Uh, <laughs> Every single one. Uh, but Matt bring, Bergeron, yeah, Matt Bergeron, who was a uh, offensive analyst, uh, is going back to the University of Louisiana. So, Mr. Bergeron, we uh, we bid you a fond farewell. Hopefully, you didn't sign a lease in Gainesville. Uh, let's see. Outside of that, uh, those are all of your on-field and strength and conditioning and off-staff or off-field staff hires. Pardon me. Uh, some other big uh, announcements came out. Kyer Elam announced today, January 10th, that he is in fact heading to the NFL. Uh, a decision that I know that he weighed both the pros and cons of. Uh, right now is um, you know slated to be a, a first and second round draft pick. So we certainly wish the best for for Kyer Elam. Should be hearing from uh, Elam soon. Woo, little teaser. Very good. Stadium Miguel vibes. We're going to hang out a little bit. I like, I like to hear that. I like to hear that. So, Kyrie Elam, a great three-year career at the University of Florida. Um, you know, people have him ranked anywhere between cornerback three, cornerback four, right in that range. I think that he's going to do really, really well uh, in the combine. So, certainly, we appreciate everything that you did for the University of Florida. We wish you a uh, – a very fond farewell and best of luck into like the, the NFL video. 
I like the send off video. Dope I thought video. it was great. Yeah, dope stuff, man. Them, them years fly by. It seemed like he just got there and he's already gone, man. I know it's it's you know uh, I was just thinking that you know earlier this year. I mean, I guess after the season was over when they were announcing like who could potentially leave early, and it's just like man, I just feel like. You know, it was a surprise. I mean, not not a huge surprise, but it was a great get. And, you know, when Dan Mullen got him and, you know, beat Georgia out for him. And, you know, that was right around the time that, you know, Carl or Charlton Warren was was recruiting him to UF. And, you know, people were wondering, you know, when Georgia hired Charlton Warren, was it just to get Kyer Elam? They ended up not getting him. You know, there's a lot that I remember back then. And, you know, in three years, he's a guy that, you know, showed up and, you know, showed out and, you know, just did a, a fantastic job representing the orange and blue. So, you know, couldn't wish, uh, you know, better for the guy. Uh, saw a question on the timeline. Wanted to lob it at you guys. Rank mm-hmm. these five cornerbacks. Uh, mm. Hargreaves, Tabor, Quincy, Duke, and Elam. I think those are probably the best Duke. five. You put Duke on that list. A weird I will list. put Duke yes. number five. No offense. Okay. Um, from there, I will go. I mean, you got to put Hargraves first. I'm going to go Hargraves, Tabor, Elam, Quincy, Duke. And not because I think that Quincy was exceptionally better than Elam. Where's where's Elam on that list too? I I put him number three. Three, I I had Hargraves. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go Hargraves. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Hargraves, Tabor, Elam, Quincy, Duke. That's my five. Uh, yeah, give me Hargraves, Elam, uh, Tabor, Quincy, Duke. Nick? Um, I, I'm almost tempted to put Elam ahead of Hargraves. And maybe I'm just thinking of Vern's last year because, like, mm-hmm. business decisions. I think business you're thinking decisions of were, Business decisions were made by the, by the Hargraves <laughs> family that, that yeah. junior year. Um, yeah, no doubt. But, man. Hargraves was special, like 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 out the rip, bro. Um, all these guys were, were good, like early, mm-hmm. but we watched Hargraves go down to Miami and, and almost win that game for us. Like when he got mm-hmm. the interception, and like just game one, you knew what the deal was. I think I got the same list as you guys. Then he got a brick be. outside too. Well, do you? So you have we we have Hargraves number one. Uh, Silk and I flipped on Tabor. Um, I have him at number two. I'm a big VH fan, though. So yeah, I have I have T's at number two, Elam at number three. Nick, what are your thoughts? I'm gonna go uh, Vern, Kair, Tabor, Quincy, Duke. Okay. Why yeah. did you put Duke on there? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was on Duke. It was on the. I like Duke, but that's just a weird list. It was on the uh, timeline. I just grabbed the five from the timeline. Okay. Mm. Just just synced it on the timeline. It would be interesting if they put, like, I mean, still, even if you put that fifth spot, even if you put Brian Poole, mm-hmm. who I like a lot, who's still, would like, you, I like you, Brian You could have had, like, Lucius Purifoy in there. You could have had. No. no, no, we couldn't have. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of, like, who other, like, cornerback names without going all the way back to, like, Joe Hayden are. You know. What we're saying. Um, all right, let's move on. What do we got next? What do we do? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, outside of that, let's see some other uh, big news. The Gators do grab a commitment from uh, four-star running back Trevor Etienne, uh, younger brother of Travis Etienne, the former Clemson and current Jacksonville Jaguars running back. Uh, the Gators grabbed his commitment at the uh, All-American uh, game uh, right, right before the uh, the game kicked 
kicked off, uh, you know, Florida uh, grabbed their first running back, I believe, since 2019, high school running back since 2019. Uh, so that's a that's a wild thing to think about. Naquan Wright, I believe, was, was the last one. Man. That's nuts. Um, it's, it's 2022 class, and you haven't had a running stat. back since yeah. Naquan Wright. For sure. It's a wild stat. A uh, good get. He's, he's a little, I think he's a little fluffy right now. <laughs> um, got some fluff to shed. I don't mind my running backs a little fluffy, though. Mm-hmm. You feel me, Dan? I because, feel you. Um, as long you as know. you're not fluffing the running backs, you know what I mean? You got the Mark Ingram fluff. You know, Mark Ingram, like the fluffy running backs got the, the, the sweet feet. Damian Pierce had a great year this year, and he's a little fluffy. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind a little fluff, but he needs to lose a little fluff. So I think a good get. Uh, he was down to us and Clemson mm-hmm. and LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother being in Jacksonville was a big factor. Nick, what do you what do you, what do you like about him? Um, shout out to Herb. One last one last gift for for the Gators taking uh, taking his brother in the first round last year uh, ends up helping Florida uh, land the land a running back. In this That's class. a nice spin. Herb could All use right. that type of good press. Good, good, I good got job, him. Nick. I, like I got that. him. I'm spinning pizzas and, and lies for Herb over here. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I think you're. I think you're fine. Like if you're talking about a guy, you know, hey, he might need to, uh, you know, lose some weight. Might might need some time to develop. You got a running back room next year. I think that um, with with Bowman and Lingard coming back, that you can you can afford that time. Um, so. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. I don't, I don't know how much of an impact he makes in 22. Um, but like, like Dan pointed out with the way the running back recruiting have been going, you had to get one, if not two guys um, in this class. Yeah. And there's still a chance that the Gators can grab uh, two, whether it's, uh, you know, a mixture of, of two high school running backs, uh, maybe somebody from the transfer portal, uh, who knows uh, what that might be. But I think the Gators probably need to grab two. Um, either this year or next year. The Porter popping. It's some smoke out there about um, Osiris being en- enrolled already in some classes. Some whispers on the street. They, they have until tomorrow, I believe, at eleven fifty nine. Yeah. Uh, to I'm to, just to, to you know what the streets telling me in my DMs a little enrolled. bit. Then. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I heard the same rumor. I don't know uh, if that's true or not. I don't believe that it's true, but um, you know. What a, what now? Don't shut down my rumors. Oh no, I'm not trying to shut down your rumors. That's why I uh, I uh, I played, uh, you know, just pass pa- passing along that I don't I don't believe it's true, but um, <laughs> believe Silk um, on this one. <laughs> Silk's reporting that Osiris is enrolled in classes is is what I've heard. The Nick Miami Herald. <laughs> the Miami Herald is reporting. And shout out to the Herald. Uh, dropping that whole recruiting class is looking all right, all right, right now. Um, yeah, I mean, let's guys, let's go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to run through the list of people that are expected this weekend, uh, January fourteenth. Uh, number one linebacker Harold Perkins, number one safety Jacoby Matthews, both five stars. Uh, Gator signee Jamari Lyons, uh, Gators commit Jalen Farmer uh, are expected. Gators commit Trevor Etienne uh, and Shamar James are expected, as well as Trey Smack. Uh, Michigan defensive end commit Kevontae Henry is expected. Trace uh, Mack is a good name. That's an incredible name. Hopefully he can smack the ball through the uprights because we had some issues this year. Um, Caleb Douglas, former USC wide receiver commit, uh, had committed to Kerry Colbert. 
at USC. Uh, right now, there's a couple crystal balls his way. Three-star guy out of Texas. Uh, former Oregon defensive end commit. Amari He's an interesting. He, that was, they, Douglas is an interesting recruit. Um, hasn't been playing receiver that long. Very tall. Uh, he looks sl- slow, but he's not slow. He doesn't get ran down in fan, but a big guy. Um, wins a lot of jump balls. Uh, things of that nature was committed to USC. Not in in, in uh, who who else before? I think Texas. Yeah, he's from Texas, 6'3", 182, uh, from Missouri City, which, you know, is not in Missouri. It's in Texas. Right. Um, interesting interesting recruit. We need wide receivers bad. Uh, is there's not a lot of prospects out there for his high school recruits when it comes to uh, receivers. So it's either get this kid and then maybe get in the portal, because I do think we need receiver help. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of players in the portal that I think that the Gators are going to probably go after. Uh, we could probably spend another couple podcasts on, you know, names in the portal. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Gators desperately need wide receiver help. You know, Caleb Douglas, uh, it's my understanding, was the very first person that Billy Napier offered uh, when he got to University of Florida. So... Uh, let's see. Other than that, I think I mentioned Amarion Winston, the former Oregon defensive end commit, former Oregon linebacker commit TJ Dudley, who Silk I know you really like, uh, is a guy that you know I think is a is a really strong player. Um, you know at that that true linebacker position, uh, and then finally uh, Arliss Boardingham, who's a three star uh, athlete. Uh, out of uh, Van Nuys, California, uh, looks like it's between Florida, Texas. Uh, you know, but probably, uh, but three star guy. He probably projects as a tight end. He's like a jumbo athlete. Yeah, six three, two thirty four. Um, H back tight end type. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I don't totally know where a lot of them have uh, him projected, but um, I know that he's been offered by you know a lot of schools recently. Seems like a guy that's uh, you know climbing up the. Uh, their rankings a bit. He's played and just reading an article, he played quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, linebacker, safety, long snapper, punter, punt returner, and kickoff returner in high school. Wow. So they, um, they bring the water to practice as well. I'm tired. I think the other job that he didn't play was offensive line. What other jobs did he have? I mean, nuts. Offensive line and defensive tackle are the only positions that he didn't play. Let's see here. Uh, Outside of that, that's what is shaping up to be uh, a huge weekend, and I don't think that they are done yet in terms of adding names. Uh, But this is going to be Billy Napier's first big weekend. We're just coming out of a dead period uh, now, so this will be uh, Billy Napier's opportunity to really uh, shine and make a good impression. But uh, you can't ask for much uh, a much better list, you know, this late in the game. Yeah, it's going to be a a big weekend. coming up the 14th and then um i think Corey had over on uh, gators online he had some some news about uh the following weekend the 24th or someone coming to visit the 24th as well so um february's right around the corner now mm-hmm. um so it uh it'll be here before you know it and uh this transition class i think a lot of people were were nervous when um evers and gibson get dropped um Probably some of that concern dissuaded, uh, you know, when, when you hashtag watch the finish um, at the early signing period. And uh, we'll see how Billy and uh, the Army finish up all the way to February. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, another name that I didn't mention is 2023 five-star guy out of IMG Academy, Malik Henry. No. Malik no, Bryant, sorry. Malik, Malik Henry, Henry a former a quarterback. Yeah, that was bad. quarterback vibes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my bad. Uh, yeah, Malik Bryant is going to be coming onto campus. Uh, I think there's – you know, word about, you know, um, Trevante citizens still not making his, um, you know, hasn't made his intentions known on when he's going to visit. He's a, a running back out of Louisiana as well. Uh, I think that there are some, some rumors about some bigger names uh, in the transfer portal, maybe coming the week of the 14th as well. Um, but, you know, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how this all, all ultimately plays out. Hopefully all these guys make it to campus and hopefully Florida is able to make a big impression. It's about to do what it do, Dan. I like the way this crew's moving. Uh, they're moving with a lot of sauce, a lot of energy, a lot of young flavor, man. I'm ready to see what that big weekend looks like with this new staff, dog. Uh, I'm not going to get a lot of sleep Friday night. I'm going to be anxious to see what Saturday morning looks like, man, what the golf cart looks like, you know, what the players are, are putting on their IG, the recruits. I want to mm. see what all this shit looks like with the new crew. You think You think no more uh... – Balloons and cookie cakes. You think you think something else for this weekend? I hope. I hope we we graduated past the cookie cakes, uh, Nick. Mm, maybe some nothing okay. but cakes instead. I, I want like uh, whatever his favorite dessert from his grandmother, uh, peach cobbler at mm. the Thanksgiving. Like they custom make that or something. I heard these young ladies are really good, so we're gonna see. All right, yeah, that puts. Uh, that puts one of the stores of the Oaks Mall out of business. No more cookie hey. cakes. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Davis was keeping him uh, in uh, in business. Um, what do you guys think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson wanted to participate uh, in this weekend's recruiting activities? Do you uh, let him participate? Yes, no, of I'm, course, man. I'm good. Yeah, give him a back roll. <laughs> good on Chauncey. Yeah, Nick's ready to move on. Hey, you got to use – I understand us, but – as somebody, a, a big personality in the NFL, uh, uh, like Gators that want to be a part of this, you got to let them come in, you know. Uh, uh, the kids like this shit. The recruits like it, you know. Um, but it's a ticking time bomb. I get the vibes. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. So I get it, though. You know, you might get a cornerback on campus that, that – I think Chauncey Chauncey beef wasn't with UF. I think his beef was with Dan Mullen. So that so you're 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 with him. That's that's a, just a brother from another mother. My beef was not with the school. It was with the guy in charge. Right, right. Hmm. Let's see other news that happened this week. Uh, Mahmoud Diabate, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, did announce that he's transferring uh, to Utah, where he gets to play his first game as a Utah Ute at. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Hey, man, if you ain't Gator, you Gator bait, Mahmoud, uh, no good luck. <laughs> I think there's a little sass on that transfer. I'm, I'm just sorry that's a weird transfer. He, tweet, he tweeted today, he goes, I just want to hear Gus Johnson yell my name one time. And I thought about it. I was like, man, I wonder if Gus Johnson gets my mood right. No, I don't think that he does. But also, I think that that's an odd thing to – Hopefully not base your transfer off of, but I don't think he's basing. No, he's a smart guy. But. No, no, of course he is. I, I'm very surprised that he's going to Utah. <laughs> Why? Um, just the program itself, things that he said that he was looking for. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess just it was a name that I didn't expect to hear. I don't know. 
I mean, I don't think that there's like a, a big breeze. I mean, did you think that he was going to transfer to Utah, Nick? Yeah, Utah Smoke was out there. Talk to my guy. Um, he's going somewhere for a year. So, um, it's worst place to be. Know, he's he's Muslim. Um, he's he's moving to a very uh, Mormon state, but you're moving to the state capital in, in Salt Lake. Um, and and he told us he goes, it's it's for a year. He's he's going to a place for one year. Maybe you feel like you can go eat in the Pac-12. Um, maybe they told you you're going to mm-hmm. rush off the edge. We're going to get you 12 sacks next year and uh, get you the man, You're going to Utah, man. Uh, that's a lofty goal. You say I'm going there for a year. You ain't like you like I'm going to Bama or something like that. I mean, all, a goal is a goal. I understand it's his thing, but I think he should probably be thinking longer than this maybe a year stay. Um, I'll be honest, but, Salt Lake City. I, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm with Dan. I, I didn't force. I thought maybe Auburn, somewhere in the South, mm-hmm. uh, SEC, ACC. I did not see uh, Utah coming out of, out of there. I, I guess I, I think, and I don't know what his options were. Right? Um, I would imagine that he had some some very fine options, and and there's nothing wrong with Utah, right? I mean, Salt Lake City is a beautiful, beautiful town. No, they play Obviously, good football. We better have our know, shit they, together. <laughs> yeah, they they played they play you know pretty good football. Um, they're not really known for being a great defensive school, but I also don't know. You know, he was looking for an opportunity, and I think that he wanted you know based on you know what he talked about on our show, he wanted certain things. You know, maybe Utah will give them you know the, those certain things and. You know, obviously he's going to be somewhat familiar. You know, Kyle Willingham uh, coached with Dan Mullen and Urban Meyer at Utah 16 years ago. So, you know, maybe there's, you know, some connection and some interest in, in terms of what he's going to be able to to do over there. I don't know, but but certainly wish him the best of luck. Just was a little bit surprised that it was Utah. Let's see. Outside of that, I think we've got – I think that's it. Anything else you boys want to talk about? Hmm, I think we kind of covered it all. Um, I think we culture, covered it all. A little culture smoke, a little recruiting. I want to get deeper into stuff, but the Bama game is on. Um, so yeah. I, I, Alabama I, just took a three to nothing lead. For sure. So, um, so get us a, a Manscaped ad read. I'll get us the song of the week, and then we'll see you boys next week. Absolutely. Same corner, same time. Uh, shout out to the great folks at Manscaped. Be sure to visit manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Take care of them family jewels, fellas. Uh, if you are not manscaping in 2022, you got to get it together, my guy. Take care of them balls, man. Manscaped.com. Coupon code SG at checkout. 20, 20, 20% off. We out. Let's go watch this game. All right. Let's uh... – Let's take us out. Um, I'm going to go. I don't know if I played this song uh, already. I don't think that I did. Um, can't, can't have a repeat, Dan. No, I know. That's why I'm going to double check. You I'm can't going make to people listen to these terrible songs twice. No, this is going to be a good one. Um, we're going to do Cascade uh, and we'll do Disarm You, which is a great song. Um, Bender Vibes. Bender Vibes. Haven't been on a Bender vibe in a, in a little bit. Yeah, right? you've been you've been off a of Bender. I like it. You've been you've been cutting it clean, Dan. That's right. I'm like telling it. you what. I took some advice from you guys. Uh, all right, boys. Same corner, same time next week. You know the vibes. Let me disarm you. I'm not trying to own you. I just wanna know what it feels like To have your body so close Let me absorb you 